Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want here. Toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. In the studio with you tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. All right. Of course, you can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up anything you want. Um, we talked in great detail last night about what is going on, or at least it's, you know, great details we can do from halfway across uh, the world from Seattle, basically. Not quite mm-hmm. halfway, but it's a it's the distance uh, between where we are, which is New Hampshire, and Seattle, where there is the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. And I have not heard that it has been taken down, so I presume that it is continuing. Uh, you had asked me about this earlier today, nobody, as far as uh, you know, if we had talked about it mm-hmm. last night on the show. So I guess it's uh, it's interesting to you as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I don't agree with their politics, but, uh, you know, kicking the government out is a great idea. Yeah. And that's where Heck I kind yeah. of that's where I was coming from last night yeah. on the show, because Mark Mark was acting like, oh, well, which side do you pick? Uh, he doesn't want to pick either because he sees them both as bad. And there's no doubt, you know, I don't want to be in a commune. I don't want to live mm-hmm. that particular lifestyle. But I support, you know, I said uh that i support the idea of upending the status quo even if it's people who mm-hmm. are doing it in a way that will probably have differing goals than i do mm-hmm. if we share the same goal in one area i'm willing to work with those people in that one area absolutely cuz you know what not everybody is going to do anarchy the same way mm-hmm. you know so if there isn't a government forcing a one size fits all solution on everybody, then you're going to have areas where people are more socialist and you're going to have areas where people are more capitalist and you're going to have areas probably that are some areas will probably be patrolled by the KKK, but other areas will be patrolled by the Black Panthers, Mm -hmm. you know, and and not every place has to be the same. Yeah. Well, that's what makes life interesting. Places can be different. That was the whole idea of federalism. Mm -hmm. And there's something to be said for for a return to that so that if you don't like the way things are in the place where you are, there's someplace else to go that's different. Yeah. Choices are good. Yeah. We like choice in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. We like choice when we can go. I mean, most of us do, right? Like we like the idea of being able to go to a grocery store or any other store and have more than one option on the yeah. shelf as far as different types of things that we can choose. Uh, and so why shouldn't the places we live be the same? Yeah, obviously there are differences between cities. Clearly, you know, there's one street looks different from another, right? Mm-hmm. But from the political aspect, all of us cannot get along. It's quite clear that in the United States, mm-hmm. people can't agree with one another on things, and they should stop trying. Th- yeah. This whole experiment has been a failure. Um, I mean... I think it's probably better than uh, in a lot of ways than King George, but mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it's worse in some ways than King George too. I mean, so what exactly experiment are we referencing? The United States, the United States. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So democracy. Well, I mean, democracy had been experimented with prior to the United States. Mm. It was a failure every time. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it never really worked out. I mean, the, <laughs> the whole idea of trying to keep all these disparate groups united in some way yeah, under I mean, one banner it, doesn't work. It, it doesn't. Mm. It doesn't. Um, but at the same time, it's you know, it's kind of interesting because we've got 
a democracy that you know uh is almost like well we have to be the same like every there's there's enough similarities that you end up with the sameness everywhere what um, do you mean by that the sameness like the cities are definitely not the same as the countryside no um maybe not but there's you know i mean one i don't know if you've noticed this but there's okay so maybe there is some differences between the different states and cities and things right. but there's a lot of sameness too and mm-hmm. you end up with two sides and it's not there's not really a, this diversity uh that you might find when you say sameness do you mean like the fact that you can go to a McDonald's in any place, or like, what do you mean when you say laws? Sameness, um, you know, laws. One, okay. one, one place I mean, passes a there law. There wasn't a single state with uh, with legal weed for a long, yeah, long time. time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's, now there is. It's, there isn't a single state where the drinking age isn't twenty one. Right, it's true. It's, you, you, you get one state that does something, or one city that does something, and then everybody else copies it. But a lot of that also has to do with the federal government. So, for instance, you mentioned the Absolutely. drinking. Some of it is. The, well, that the drinking age specifically was was Certainly. compelled by the federal government. So that. That unifying violent force that rules over all of the United States is definitely a major factor in the sameness that you're talking Absolutely. about. If they were gone, <laughs> then you would definitely see it's, a more variety between the places. Yeah, we probably would see more variety, but I don't necessarily know that we would. I don't necessarily know that would entirely solve the problem. No, of um, course that wouldn't solve the problem of the existence of the state. No, right? I, I, I. Well, yeah, but. It's also it's also a problem that you have whether whether you have people on the right or you have people on the left they support the state effectively yes. and yeah. so we don't end up that's the with, ultimate problem right and we don't end up with a, you know we don't end up with options I don't know that we would just automatically end up with options just because we got rid of it um, well you would have options because the you would have are fifty still, different options you if they think, all had were you, think, you know their own individual nations or maybe there'd be fewer there's than enough fifty similarity uh, within the United States that we would still end up with a lot of you know, a lot of the sameness. Um, Maybe if you I'd look, rather find out. I, I don't. I don't. I, I would too. But yeah, I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily know that in and of itself it would work. Um, we have. If well, you, if you I, look at. I mean, if you could get rid of the federal government, that would work at getting rid of the federal government, right? We're talking about a world in which that yeah. can be possible. Yeah, I mean, where and at some point, whether whatever the reason step. is for it's going away, whether it be you know Adam Kokesh getting elected and taking it apart from the inside which you know isn't likely <laughs> yeah. uh or because it just simply fails right sure. as all governments do over time it's you know i think it's a i think it's a first step um before you you know get to something that that might work but mm-hmm. like right now and, and and the federal government to a large degree is also inhibiting uh you know diversity in that you know we have immigration laws and things of that nature sure. but if you look at like you know the world as a whole uh you know the the united states is for a long time kept chinese immigrants out they've kept uh mm-hmm. you know uh muslims out they've kept different groups out no if so from we what don't I understand have... they're keeping everyone out due to the whole covid thing well right <laughs> and so... so but over time we've we've ended up with a society in the united states that is more similar uh, than different and so we don't really mm-hmm. have large groups of people to control any one state that are i would say more of a minority or um that mm-hmm. would that might go in a different direction with stuff i think you definitely have uh have a lot of political diversity in terms of what people we? what people yeah want. i think I you're know. i think you're uh, I mean, underplaying this chris I, I think if you look at the significant differences for instance between bible belt states and california and the west coast uh states you see some tremendous differences between culture and mm-hmm. the kind of people who are living in those places so sure, that would absolutely you're, manifest you're in the governments about, that they have you're talking about like 
mm-hmm. you know, we have 50 states, right? We don't have mm-hmm. 50 different uh, sets of laws. We have two sets of laws. It's one for the red and one for the blue. And there's a little no, bit of some difference really in the there, but there's, uh, I, I mean, a, a lot of the homogenizing force there, though, is the rigged political system where pretty much all political power is uh, is divided between the Democratic and Republican uh, parties, mm-hmm. and they've rigged things so that other parties, like the Libertarians and the Greens, aren't able to uh, to compete. They've also rigged the media and bought up the media to to the point where you know nobody in the media can talk about the uh, can talk about anything other than Democrats or Republicans. So I think there's a lot of artificial uh, skullduggery at work in the lack of diversity that we that we see in terms of uh, you know what's actually implemented. Yeah, and I think you'd see it getting to become the difference would be more stark between the geographic areas. Absent the federal government, this sort of, as I said, this unifying uh, depressive force, you would see, I think, more migration, right? More people knowing that they could really have a greater impact in, say, Texas and be around more people who are like them and not have the people from California trying to force their viewpoint on them through the federal government. You'd start to see mm-hmm. more differences becoming clear. One state would have legal abortion. The next one yeah. uh, wouldn't. One state nice, would, but... would put the Bible in their schools. The next one wouldn't. And you'd start to give mm-hmm. people choices like that. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. You can weigh in here and share your thoughts plus the... People who've taken over in Seattle, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, as we talked about last night, they've got a list of demands. And, well, we can get into that coming up as well. It is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything that you want here. Our number for you to take control of the airwaves. 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. It's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms at discord.lrn.fm. You can jump into one of those. You'll sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us tonight. And tonight in that studio, it's me, Ian. And nobody. And Chris. So we've got the the list of demands uh, from the folks who have taken over the Capitol Hill what they're calling the autonomous zone in Seattle. We can get into that coming up here. We were also just kind of talking about the idea of getting rid of the federal government and what would things look like in a future where the states could kind of go their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I suspect you'd see some federations, right? Like maybe, so maybe the West Coast states would come together and they'd, they'd have their own mm-hmm. Pacifica or something like that. <laughs> uh, Texas would probably do its own thing and who knows what else would uh, would pan out. But we're going to go to your calls and thoughts here in a moment. want to make sure you know about Intercoin, because whatever it is you're looking to do, maybe you've got your own society that you want to create, or you've already got something uh, put together and you want to get crypto, uh, cryptocurrency involved in it, Intercoin can do a lot of pretty neat things. They've got programmable coins, for instance, that are designed to help groups raise money for a new project or initiative in a way compliant with regulations. Coins can represent securities that obey individual rules, like not being sold to U.S. residents for 40 days. Purchased coins can contain rules that govern how they're to be spent and when they can be cashed out. And Intercoin itself is designed to provide full trustless liquidity between any currency pairs, removing the need to list coins on exchanges to enable secondary trading. 
Intercoin is attempting to regain some of our freedoms that are threatened on the internet and in meat space. We think that's important here on Free Talk Live. So important we accepted $40,000 worth of Intercoin tokens from Intercoin Incorporated for advertising. If you think freedom is important too, check out Intercoin at intercoin.org. You can invest in this project and potentially make big gains or just be involved and perhaps shape its future. That's intercoin.org. We go to Brian calling us from Fremont, Washington, which apparently is in the Seattle area. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, uh, I am calling you from the uh, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. I'm really? up at uh, 12th and Pine, right on the corner out here, selling coffee, grilled cheese, and uh, herbal cookies. Really? Nice. Come on down. All right. Well, it's a I little far. I wanted to see what the tax rate. Yeah, it's a little bit of oh, a hike on, for me, but hold on, hold on. So okay. wait, what's the tax so rate? I wanted to come down and see what the tax rate was because I had heard there was a charge for entering, mm-hmm. yada yada. Right. And I, I will tell you, nobody hassled me to get in, and the tax rate here is zero. They have not asked for a cut of my profits at all. Right, because the police are spreading the rumors. Of course, from them, it's official, right, when it comes from the police. So according to the police, <laughs> the media is reporting this. The police are saying that the uh, there's checkpoints to go into the autonomous zone and that you have to show ID in order to get in and that they question you in order to get in. And maybe they're charging o- people. Are they issuing Maybe that's IDs? only if you're in a police uniform. That's <laughs> the idea. Is they're, trying to, they're trying to filter out cops. Isn't that right, Brian? Uh, they're filtering out cops, and they're also trying to filter out, like, rabble-rousers. What's it look like when you come up to one of these, uh, you know, entry points or checkpoints or whatever? Did they just pretty much ignore you, or uh, did they stop and talk to you? It, it looks like every concert I ever went to, you could go through the cattle gates, or you can just go for the open hole on the side. Mm-hmm. And so, so you had no I walked issue. around. So you walked around, <laughs> and you were fine. Yep. Now, uh, do you, you live in this area, is or are you visiting just to kind of check things out? Uh, I live about. Oh, I live out in the ghetto of the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you. So are... I made a bunch of food to bring down, to feed everybody, and uh, I got a dollar price tag on it just for fun. Anybody that asks actually gets it for free. Oh, interesting. Because I know that a lot of the uh, the sort of the lefties. They, you know, they don't like money, for instance, or at least they claim that. And so they, they say that they believe in a gift economy. And I, I don't ima- I, I imagine that's to some extent that exists down there. What's, you know, what's it like there? Can you tell us more about your experience so far? Well, I definitely got to lay low being an ANCAP, that's for sure. An anarcho- <laughs> you mean an anarcho-capitalist? LRN.FM can't go out. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. But the most important part of his call uh, was that he's there. Everything's fine. Uh, They did not stop him. They did not threaten him. They did not harass him, demand ID in order to get into the autonomous zone, which counters what the police and the media have been saying. Mm. The police police and the media have been claiming that there's a warlord there and that they're going around threatening people Mm. and trying to extort money, and there's just no evidence for that. Wow. Yeah. That that's pretty pretty extreme. I've I saw that warlord piece and mm-hmm. I thought it was parody. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, but you know, if it if it were true, then I mean, I would hope we'd see some evidence of it, right? Like yeah. like I said yesterday, if somebody is demanding money to enter a particular gate or whatever, one of these checkpoints that they have up. Well, then it shouldn't be too hard to capture evidence of that. I mean, unless they're, like, literally going to shoot you, you could probably get video of someone trying to extort you for walking into a certain place. Absolutely, especially if you're wearing a body cam. 
Yeah. Of course, yeah. you might have turned it off, you know. If you're a cop, you mean. Yeah, maybe the cops yeah. have turned their body cams <laughs> off so, you know, they can brutalize people at the border. Well, I don't imagine the police are anywhere around the border. It sounds like they've evacuated this particular zone. Now, you know, where you start to find the police again outside the autonomous zone, I don't know. I, but I suspect they're not just standing right outside the gate. Uh, but if you're there and you can, you know, call in and tell us more without saying the F word on the air, then we'd be happy uh, to tell you more or hear more from you about that. Our toll-free number, again, is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. Uh, from what my roommate told me yesterday... He's got the business he works for is in Seattle, so he knows somebody who lives in the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. And he says that they report that everything's fine. People are going to work as they normally would, and it's just you don't have any police around. I, you know, it sounds nice to me. It's, yeah. it's interesting. I, I've, I've been to Capitol Hill. I, I actually uh, stayed there uh, for a couple of days at conference. A number of, yeah. Uh, so is there like a convention a center that's nearby? No, actually, it was Bellingham, Washington, but um, ah, okay. I stayed, okay. we flew into Seattle and then stayed of the night, stayed, stayed the night a couple there. nights in Capitol, that Capitol Hill area. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of interesting because I have an idea of like what, what this, this is like. like. And it's, it's, no, there's skyscrapers all over. Yeah. So it's like, or at least there's, there's a lot of business. Yeah. There. There's a lot of businesses, yeah. a very densely populated area. It's a city. And, yeah, um, isn't the city hall within this particular zone? Because what I understand is they took over city I don't hall. Know the that's area my that understanding. Well, but yeah. um, I do know I do know what it's you know what it feels like to be in that area, and it's like just to think that like the police would give give it up and right. not police it is you know that's it's fascinating. It's very fascinating. Yeah. So um, we've been like I said, it we seems talk- like not the area where I would want to do that though. I. I mean, I Why not? because sooner or later they're going to take they're the skyscrapers take back. back well, know. the city doesn't care about um, the skyscrapers. They care about their headquarters, the police precinct that uh, they abandoned. Right. They care about their property, but, not but, yours. But the corporations have a lot of control, too, and they own the skyscrapers. Well, so, so far, it sounds like businesses yeah. as normal. You can go to your job. They're not keeping people out. It's true. It, it is. You know, it, it does actually make the question of, you know, if, if things are operating normally other than the police. It could be, you know, a danger to them to actually go in into you to know, the police. Yeah, to the police, as far as you know, keeping things operational. And, yeah, well, we've seen the police don't want to go into dangerous places. Yeah, Look I mean, at the school shootings where the cops stay outside and they wait yeah. and they wait and they wait. Howard Scour. Yeah, eight fifty five four fifty free eight five five four five zero three seven three three. We have the list of demands. It's a lengthy one uh, from the cap. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com. Yep, it's Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. It's 855-450-3733. Also, we have the Discord call in-line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. Feel free to hop into one of those. You'll sound almost like you're sitting here with us in the studio. And with you tonight, it's Ian. The nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. 
and Chris. And I want you to know about the AnyPay Cash Register app. They've got uh, some cool features that make it super easy to accept cryptocurrency like Bitcoin Cash and Dash. Go to download it at uh, your favorite app store, Google or Apple. They've got it there. AnyPay Cash Register. Get it installed at your point of sale and then set it up. It's super easy. You just put in your crypto wallet addresses in the back end and you're done. I mean, it literally is the fastest system you'll ever set up in your store. Like credit cards, man, that takes days mm. to get, you know, weeks maybe to get a credit card merchant account put together. This is like five minutes, 10 minutes for the uh, AnyPay Cash Register app. Go grab it online or just go to AnyPayInc.com. That's AnyPayInc.com. So, do you want to? Do you guys want to get into the list of demands here? I mean, yeah, I'd definitely like to hear it. It's kind of if you've been around protest movements like Occupy Wall Street, for instance, and I think uh, nobody you went to a little bit of that. I, I definitely went to some um, of it here. Yeah, I was at a little bit in uh, in Keene, and uh, you know, if you've seen these lists before, then this will sound somewhat familiar. It's what you would expect to be put together by some radical leftists, basically. And so let's get into it here. This is uh, the post from Medium.com, posted by a username called Free Capital Hill. So we don't know who uh, is behind this particular list, but they are claiming to represent, quote, uh, the demands of the collective black voices at Free Capital Hill to the government of Seattle, Washington. In credit to the people who freed Capitol Hill, this list of demands is neither brief nor simplistic. This is no simple request to end police brutality. We demand that the city council and the mayor, whoever that may be, implement these policy changes for the cultural and historic advancement of the city of Seattle and to ease the struggles of its people. This document is to represent the black voices who spoke in victory at the top of 12th and Pine after nine days. That's what the guy was calling from 12th when he Mm -hmm. called just a moment ago. Uh, the uh, 12th and Pine after nine days of peaceful protest while under constant nightly attack from the Seattle Police Department. These are words from that night, June 8th, 2020. So presumably this is one of those collective uh, events that they have. I don't know if you experienced this, nobody, when you were at the Occupy thing, but they have these certain organizing methods that they use to take a large crowd and to attempt to take input from multiple members of that crowd yeah they have certain techniques i I suspect that was what was going on here yeah like basically one person yells at yells something and then everybody else repeats it that has yeah that's one of the things that they do that's one of the that's the main i found it creepy uh, yeah it's weird it's uh, it's one of those kind of culty lefty organizing things but it's the way they do things and they also instead of applauding they will do like a jazz hands kind of thing i don't know if you remember that <laughs> <laughs> and the idea there is it doesn't make noise right so right. keep having the conversation uh so going on here for ease of consideration, we've broken these demands into four categories: the justice system, health and human services, economics, and education. Mm. Given this historic moment, we'll begin with our demands pertaining to the justice system. Number one, and this is in bold, the Seattle Police Department and attached court system are beyond reform. We do not request reform. We demand abolition. So they say further, we demand the city council and mayor defund and abolish the Seattle Police Department and the attached criminal justice apparatus. This means 100% of funding, including existing pensions for Seattle police. So getting rid of the pensions mm-hmm. for the police. Good luck. <laughs> uh, well, I support that, though. I mean, that's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah, I, I, I 
would support it too, but yeah. good luck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at an equal level of priority, we also demand the city disallow the operations of ICE, which is Immigration and Customs Enforcement, yeah. inside the city of Seattle. All right, I'm on board with this one. Yeah, yeah sure. I, I don't have anything. No complaints there. I'm down. Uh, it's going to be hard for them to abolish. Like, the Seattle government could probably abolish the police department. That's probably within their purview. But I suspect the, the courts are state-run. They're probably not... Uh, I mean, I don't know exactly how Washington's court system works, but generally the courts are a state apparatus. They'll have a district court probably in the city of Seattle. They may even have more than one, right? They may have like a north and south district court in in Seattle, but those are likely run by the state government. So Um, that's going to be a tough one for the Seattle government to to abolish. Yeah, I don't know exactly how that works either. they They would have to set up some sort of militia in order to defend their their turf if they wanted to go outside of that system. well supposedly they are the redneck um redneck revolt people are mm-hmm. apparently on the ground i don't know if you're familiar with these guys and gals but they are kind of a uh, they're a are hard left gun rights uh group they will interesting they will come out and they will show guns they will openly carry and apparently people are open carrying uh within the capitol hill autonomous zone so, nah, well, that's that's good. So I mean, I I, I I mean, I was under the impression that that was a right wing, you know. Uh, well, no, you know, there are there are left wing yeah. gun groups. There's the Huey Newton Gun Club, uh, and Huey Newton, of course, was one of the founders of the Black Panthers. The Black Panthers mm-hmm. was an armed and disciplined force. They were one of the most disciplined militias. Were they that I've ever seen left? in footage? Oh, yeah. They were uh, left. Okay. They were they were uh, left in a lot of ways. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the uh, but these are groups who realize the value of bearing arms. Yeah, and even, even Mao Zedong said all political power flows from the so, barrel of a gun. That's right. And here's, uh, here's the Karl back. Marx said, under no pretext must the working man be debarred uh, the use of arms, and that this must re- be resisted by force if necessary. So is this um, collectivist kind of arms, or is this individual arms? Because the right oh, is individualist well, all arms. All arms are individual when you, when, when you one guy them. is carrying yeah. them. Well, right, but... Are you asking who owns the guns? Yeah, I mean, effectively, like, you, you know, you could have potentially have a left uh, a left wing uh, militia that doesn't That's believe that have. individuals have should have the guns, but the militia as a group, you know, has... You may have that belief. And, 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 and I don't what know I'm exactly... Curious about. Because otherwise, it, it comes off as... You may want to look up Redneck Revolt mm-hmm. and see... I, we've talked about them. It's been years, though, on Free Talk Live, so I can't speak to exactly what their belief system is about who should be able to have guns. But I'm pretty sure... Uh, well, I don't want to go out on a, on a limb with that, but I would yeah. say check out the Redneck Revolt people because they are supposedly there in Seattle. But so far, number one, we're on board. I think we're all in agreement that, number one, yeah. abolish the police department and abolish the courts. Man, that'd be great if uh, if they could do that. And I hope that it happens. Number two on their list of demands, in the transitionary period between now and the dismantlement of the Seattle Police Department, we demand that the use of armed force be banned entirely. No guns, no batons, no riot shields, no chemical weapons, especially against those exercising their First Amendment right as Americans to protest. Hmm. Can't really say I disagree. If they, I presume yeah. they're referring specifically to the behavior of the police, because obviously they support guns, because they're they're inviting people to... Uh, to defend the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone with weapons. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you do have to wonder if they're not just trying to, inst- you know, inst- uh, you know, create their own, 
I don't know, like uh, dic- I don't know, dictatorship or you know, own. I don't know. What oh kind well, of I mean, the Marxists it, are probably working on a dictatorship you know, of the proletariat. Oh yeah, they're going to want their own <laughs> right, government right. system. I mean, These th- probably are not true, you know, anarchists who right. actually want to abolish. Right. The, I mean, uh, they the say state. they're saying this, but they're not telling you what they're going to put in place of it. And it's cer- almost certainly going to be the case that they're going to put something in place that you better believe it. You know, is some sort of messed up and, and i think i think if they if we can continue this list i think they're probably going to get to some of them oh yeah you're right about yeah. that yeah, they're going to talk about what they want that's so this is what they want to to take down right, right so far right. but yeah they're going to talk about what they want to they're not really talking up. about abolishing the police they're talking about abolishing police they don't control correct they're talking about abolishing the police as they know them right. and then what will it look like uh, if they get their way well we'll continue here uh, number three we demand an end to the school to prison pipeline and the abolition of youth jails get kids out of prison get cops out of schools we also demand the new youth prison being built in Seattle currently be repurposed. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. And the school-to-prison pipeline is basically saying the prison-to-prison pipeline because that's all schools really are. They're yep. just a yeah. day prison uh, an indoctrination center for young people. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. More of the demands coming. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. Our number here, 855-450-FREE. You want to weigh in on the list of demands. Now, we haven't really gotten into the disagreements too heavily here yet in the, the demands, but that'll be coming. Uh, we're going to get to that here. Your calls and thoughts welcome. Our number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. And want to say thanks to Nick C., who is a Free Talk Live silver amplifier. That means Nick is contributing Five bucks a month to the AMP program to help us advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. Get on more radio stations. Bring new internet listeners on board with the program. Uh, just got the news this week that Cigar Dave is ending his talk show. Long-time talk radio listeners will recognize that name. Probably people that don't know anything about talk radio, never heard of him. Uh, but he was relatively popular weekend show that you know, talks about cigars and things like that, I guess. And uh, he's ending his show at the end of this month, which means that now is a good time for Free Talk Live to come in and potentially replace that program on upwards of 250 uh, radio stations. So I'm smiling and dialing during uh, during the daylight hours. <laughs> if you happen to have a local talk station that is airing uh, Cigar Dave, then you might want to give them a call and tell them you want to hear Free Talk Live when they replace him, which will be coming up within the next couple of weeks. So by the end of this month, his show is done. He's calling it quits. He's going to like do a podcast or something like that because that's what a lot of these radio guys are doing. They're just they're tired of of the daily schedule. They're tired of well, in his case, mm-hmm. it's just once a week, but they're tired of having the the sort of the regular schedule where they have to be in a place at a certain time. And podcasting allows them to kind of do their thing. Uh, whenever they want. So kudos to him for uh, calling it quits. It's opportunity for Free Talk Live. And so uh, the AMP program helps make that possible. AMPAMP.FreeTalkLive.com. Also, one of the things the AMP program pays for is we got this guy who is like a, an industry veteran. His name is Skip. And he helps kind of represent Free Talk Live to a lot of program directors. I mean, I call hundreds of radio stations. That's kind of what I do during the day. But it's nice to have a guy who's been around for a few more decades than you. Uh, Mm. he, He knows some people that we don't. And so he actually was the affiliate representative for the Cigar Dave show. 
So I was able to reach directly out. He told me about it happening in the first place, so I got the heads up from him. And then he handed me the affiliates list from Cigar Dave. So I actually have the actual list of stations, which is that's a hard thing to get a hold of. So uh, mm. we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, usually we don't get more than like a couple stations out of a, if some some show goes away that's got like a 200 station roster, we might get two or three of them or something like that. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, but thank you to everybody for amping the show like Nick C at amp.freetalklive.com. So we've been sharing with you the medium.com piece ostensibly written by a group of uh, people in the Seattle Autonomous Zone or what they're calling the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. And they're going through their list of demands, and it's going to be a lengthy one, uh, which means we'll have plenty of things to talk about because there's going to be a lot of disagreements, I imagine, coming up here. But first, the ones we agree with are are right up front. Uh, Abolish the police department in Seattle. Okay, cool. What will it be replaced with? Well, that's, I imagine, where people are going to have some pretty significant disagreements on how that should look. But that's not where we're at in the document, so let's go on. So he says, we demand, this is number four, or whoever writes this. We demand that not the city government, nor the state government, but that the federal government launch a full-scale investigation into past and current cases of police brutality in Seattle and Washington. As well Trump's as- the guy they want running that? <laughs> right? <laughs> Have they thought this out? Apparently Clearly not. not. <laughs> as well as the reopening of all closed cases reported to the Office of Police Accountability. In particular, we demand that cases particular to Seattle and Washington be reopened where no justice has been served, namely in the cases of IOSHA. Uh, they then give a li- long list of names of individuals who I'm sure were likely um, harmed in some way by the Seattle PD. Yeah, you know, the problem with this is there's a reason that, you know, once you've been tried for something and you know, found not guilty that you can't be retried. Right. It's called double jeopardy. Yeah. But then again, a lot of cops never get indicted for their crimes. This so is true. They're not, those, I guess they're not protected cases, by double jeopardy. I guess in those cases, but I don't know. It's still, I, it still feels like, you know, you got to think about this twice because if, you know, you can do this to somebody else, somebody else can do it to you. Mm. So they all, they go on, they say, uh, we demand reparations for victims of police brutality in a form to be determined now i agree with that Mm -hmm. uh people who have been brutalized by the police for the most part don't even get an apology yeah they don't get the you know they they don't get the door replaced that got busted in when the you know the drug raid happened or whatever Mm -hmm. they don't get their dog back uh, who get shot to death during the raid, and their loved ones, of course, if they're killed, they don't come back either. You know, you know the reparations should be coming probably from, you know, assuming that... From the officers. From the officers. Um, but I was thinking, if they're going to have pensions, they should be coming from their pensions. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? It's a great I mean, idea. It's, it's the pension fund. Well, yeah, they yeah. talked about getting rid of the pension funds. That's a perfect thing yeah. to use that money for. Right, right. Uh, give it to the people that these people, these police, harmed. Number six, we demand that the city of Seattle make the names of officers involved in police brutality a matter of public record. Anonymity should not even be a privilege in public service. Absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, the any level of protection of identity that these people who work for the government are receiving, and they get it. Like a lot of times a cop will do a thing, somebody will witness something on the streets, they'll see the police behaving badly, the news will get out about this thing that happened, or it'll get out on social media or something like that, and then the police won't identify the officer involved. Mm. You have no way of actually pulling up the case, you have no way of uh, you know finding out what was actually happening. They keep it close to their chest, they, get, they wrap the thin blue line around that officer, and they protect you know, him. I, I, know what, I know what you're saying, but that information, it does, you know, it usually it'll, you'll be able to get it 
with a lawyer and a lot of you know uh, wrangling um, through various requests, legal mm-hmm. requests, and things. Um, but yeah, it is kind of bizarre that you know they will refuse initially. You right, know. they try to protect them right. as long as they right. can. Right, right, you're right. right. Eventually, if you hammer away enough, you could probably find out who yeah. the cop is. But they put all the walls up. You know, oh yeah, you gotta yeah. fight just Whereas, to get information. You know, anybody else involved? You know, anybody arrested? They're on the list the next morning. Their names are oh, out right. there with you know no effort. Oh, they they are pushing those. They up. have no problem trashing the reputations of people who you know aren't even really guilty of anything other than yeah. you know uh you know public i mean effectively they're trashing people's reputations who they who didn't even commit crimes in many cases yeah number seven we demand a retrial of all people in color currently serving in prison a prison sentence for violent crime by a jury of their peers in their community wait what they mm. want a retrial for all people of color currently serving a prison sentence for violent crime by a jury of their peers in the community. So if you were already put on trial and found guilty yeah. and you're in prison, then they want you to have a retrial. But not if you're white. But only if you're a person of color. Huh. Right. Yeah, according to that. It's, you know, yeah, I'm not really a fan of laws that treat people differently by race. Yeah, me neither. I mean, you know, this is a, this is an interesting is an interesting question because, you know, when when they put these, you know, trials or these jury trials together, assuming you're even going to get a jury trial, um or you got any kind of real trial because most of these are a lot of plea deals, you know, I plea deals, not yeah. actual conviction. I mean, they're convictions, but only because people were effectively forced into pleading guilty because right. they can't defend they don't themselves. Know any better. They don't have the means to defend themselves. Right. They don't have the you know mental capacity to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even necessarily people who are you know uh, poor, but just yeah. even wealthier people don't necessarily have the. Me- I mean, when I say wealthier, I, I mean like middle class don't have the means or the knowledge to defend themselves. Yeah, I don't think that yeah. the general concept. I mean, because I agree with you, nobody. There shouldn't be this qualifier of people of color. That's not fair there's yeah. been all kinds of people who have been wrongfully targeted and, and persecuted mm-hmm. by the police and i presume that's what they're referring to here is the idea that the corrupt police are going to manufacture evidence mm-hmm. they're going to twist people's arms into taking uh plea deals and things like that and so from that perspective there are probably a lot of people sitting in prison who didn't do the thing that they were accused of doing and yeah it and would i be absolutely fair for them to have agree with that i just think the races should be treated yeah. equally agree. I, it's agree. just as or, you know, it is likely that some of the people who are unjustly imprisoned are white. Yeah, and it, they, lo- they lose people. And I understand they may, they may not care about that, but they, they lose potential supporters when they go this direction. It's, yeah. it's not even really a, a jury. Like, like, assuming we even had juries, right? In, I mean, in practice, we, I mean, maybe a very small percentage, but, um, you know, they're not of, pe- they're not of your peers. No. I mean, when, when you're poor, are there poor, mostly people, poor people in the jury? Probably no. not. No. Um, you know, mm. when you're black, are there mostly black people in the jury? Most cases, no. No. I mean, it's always, mm. you know, they always like to exclude the people who might actually have some sort yeah. of th- sympathy, uh, for somebody who's up on the stand. And so you get this very unfair system, uh, mm. even, even when, you know, things are an, I don't know if I I don't know if fair is quite the right word, but even when you get a jury, um, you don't get a you, if you're right if you're 100 percent right and there you know there's clear you know undeniable evidence you still only have 50 percent chance of winning. Yeah. The toll free number if you want to join us here it's eight fifty five four fifty free like freedom that's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. 
We got uh, plenty more time coming up and plenty more demands uh, to get through as well here, and we'll see how heated the discussion gets. You're also welcome to join us. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. We call him Willy Wonka. He's a chocolate lab. His belly itched, and he would actually lay in the grass and scoot across it to scratch. And Sheba, his sister, she scratched at her ears real bad, and she shook her head so much, she wound up with cauliflower ears. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. When we uh, first got the Dynavite, they cleaned the bowls up real good. Her ears, they're a whole lot better. Wonka, his belly, it's all really cleaned up. He uh, flops over and lays on his back and just kicks his legs, and I call it his happy dance. They look good and even smell good in between baths. You should give your dogs Dynavite before something happens. That's kind of like preventative maintenance. Dynavite for life. It makes them healthier and happier. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. And your dogs will love it just like mine do. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you may take control of the airwaves as we launch into the second hour of the program. Phones are open, as always, at 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM with you tonight. It's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms at discord.lrn.fm. And we're going to go back to your calls and thoughts. Coming up here, we're also in the midst of reading the list of demands, uh, according to medium.com and an account there labeling itself Free Capitol Hill. Uh, They have a list of demands. What they say is from the, quote, collective black voices at Free Capitol Hill. To the government of Seattle, Washington, and we are, I would say, not quite halfway through the list, but we are most of the way through their first part. Uh, there's four parts. Uh, the first part is reforms, or not even reforms, but change that they want to see happen with the justice system, including mm-hmm. the uh, abolition of the Seattle Police Department. So far, we've agreed with uh, a good chunk of this portion of the demands, and we'll continue with that coming up here. But let's go to your phone calls and thoughts. we got Matthew. He's in Louisiana. Matthew, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Nobody and Chris. All right. A couple of jokes about uh, Chazistan. Uh, Chaz, by the way, stands for Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Go ahead. Right, right, right. Do you think that uh, the Chaz will receive diplomatic uh, recognition before Taiwan or after? (laughs) Okay, the second question. If they do get diplomatic recognition, can we nominate Milo Yiannopoulos as the ambassador? I don't know uh, how the people of the the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone would accept... Milo Yiannopoulos, he's a gay right-winger, right? So and they would have a tough time with that one. <laughs> they might have a tough time with him, but hey, he's very open-minded. He'll debate anybody, anywhere, anytime, any topic. Is he? I don't know. I don't really know much about the guy. I mean, he's made a few headlines here and there, and he's certainly been talked about, but I really don't know that much about him. He's actually very entertaining, even though I don't agree with all of everything that he has to say. Well, I would expect a flamboyant gay guy to be pretty entertaining. I mean, that's pretty Mm. much, you know, that's pretty much a given. Yeah. 
Yep, that's about it. Well, that's it. Thanks, that's Matthew, for your call tonight. Yeah. I appreciate it. And the toll-free number, if you want to join us, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. So we haven't disagreed with too, too much yet. We'll continue here with the list of demands for the justice system, number eight. We demand decriminalization of the acts of protest and amnesty for protesters generally, but specifically those involved in what has been termed the George Floyd Rebellion against the terrorist cell that previously occupied this area known as the Seattle Police Department. (laughs) I'll give them some credit for that one. That's good. Call the police like they are. The definition of terrorist. There are people probably out there saying, what do you mean terrorists? They're They're our protectors. The police are helping I, us. You know, they didn't I, protect I, George Floyd. Did I think they? It, I think that statement probably went over the majority of people's heads. They don't understand that the police are being called terrorists. That's exactly what they're, you that know, they're doing. Yeah. Right. They, that's what they're doing. But most people aren't going to get that. They're going to get confused by that very statement because they don't have this perception of police as, as being terrorists. terrorists. But they yeah. are a person who uses one. Now, the definition here at uh, Google uses the term unlawful, which is... <laughs> Not necessarily the definition of terror. Uh, A person who uses violence and intimidation, especially against civilians, in the pursuit of political aims, which is all the police do. The police act unlawfully Mm. all the time, though. That depends on whose law you're talking about. I mean, their their, own law. They don't even obey their own They're violating their law. It's just they're not being prosecuted for it. Right, right. So, effectively, it's legal what they're doing because nothing's being done about it. It's... no, I mean, technically, something is illegal, even if it isn't prosecuted. Right. You know? Yeah. That doesn't make it legal. That just makes it tolerated. Yeah. That's the difference between de facto and de jure. But ultimately, there is no difference between the terrorists in the Middle East and the terrorists in the Seattle Police Department. Well, except that game. the ones in the Middle East are no threat to us. That's true. <laughs> That's a great point. The ones in the Middle East are not going to raid your house in the middle of the night. And they're yeah. not going to choke you to death in the streets. They didn't kill George Floyd, nope. and they didn't kill Duncan Lemp. No, true. in fact, the number of people killed at the hands of police every single year dwarfs dramatically the number of yeah. terror strikes victims inside the United States. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, when the hell was the last terror strike inside the United States anyway? The Boston bombing? Yeah. Was there something, something since then? like that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there have been a couple of military bases shot up, and it all depends on what you want to count. I mean, do you count Dylan Root? Do you count uh, who shot up a church? He was definitely, I would call him a terrorist. He wasn't true, a, true. Uh, he was more of a right-wing American terrorist than he he wasn't I mean, a, uh, I, you know, I, I always, a Muslim terrorist. I always take issue at people calling, you know, these random, unorganized, entirely unorganized individuals who just shoot up buildings or hotels or whatever or, you know as terrorists because, well I yeah mean, are they just trying to murder people or is there some sort it, of agenda they have i mean terrorism See, he had a political agenda mm-hmm. his his whole intent was political which was not necessarily the same as a lot of people who do these things right i mean if you're just out there if you're just mentally out there and are shooting stuff up because you know reasons you know that have nothing to do with a, yeah. some sort of political agenda is it really terrorism? Yeah, I mean, if you think the CIA is talking to you through your teeth and you shoot <laughs> up a building, 
then it's They're probably not. not political unless the CIA is actually talking to you through your teeth, <laughs> which, you know, may not be impossible. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. I just it's it's like it's just like we overextend the use of the word until the point in which it's meaningless. meaningless. Yeah. They say this also includes the immediate release of all protesters currently being held in prison after the arrests made at 11th and Pine on Sunday night and early Saturday morning, June 7th and 8th, and any other protesters arrested in the past two weeks in the uprising. The name Evan Herrera in particular comes to mind who filmed Seattle police macing a young girl, and he himself is now in jail. Number nine, because, yeah, I'll agree. If, if nobody, if someone hasn't committed a violent act or you know destroyed somebody's property or whatever, they don't belong mm-hmm. behind bars and even then they probably don't belong behind bars they belong doing restitution uh, to yeah. whoever the victim was yeah. we demand they say number nine that the city of seattle and the state government release any prisoner currently serving time for a marijuana related offense and expunge the related conviction bravo yeah. bravo it doesn't go far bravo. enough doesn't go far enough they need to make it so it's all peaceful related offenses yeah. any drug drug offense anything that doesn't have a victim set them well, all free that's that's what nobody says yeah. if if you elect me governor i will pardon every victimless crime in new hampshire history indeed i'll and, be voting for uh, you you can go check out his website at electnobody.com uh, and i'll be on at uh uh, ten oh six tonight doing Nobody Tells the Truth on both D Live and Twitch. That's right. Uh so check that out this evening at DLive.lrn.fm and twitch.lrn.fm. There may be it may be on your own D Live channel, which I don't know if you did you get me that code? We need um, to do that. You know, you I I don't know if I have. I okay. think we might have to put that off for another week. Okay. We demand number ten that the city of Seattle and state government release any prisoner. Currently serving time just for resisting arrest if there are no other related charges and that those convictions should also be expunged. Oh, yep. Good point. Totally agree with that one. You're, you, if you're being arrested for nothing, you have every right to resist. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not uncommon for them to charge someone with resisting arrest. Yep. Well, what were you arresting me for? Yeah. For resisting you arrest. You didn't charge me for anything else. <laughs> I've seen that happen. It's happened yeah. here in New Hampshire. We demand, they say, number 11, that prisoners currently serving time being given the full, be given the full and unrestricted right to vote and for Washington State to pass legislation specifically breaking from federal law that prevents felons from being able to vote. Now, in New Hampshire, once you have served your time, you can vote as a felon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nobody, you are a felon, so you know yeah. this is true. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what do you think about the idea that prisoners should be able to vote from behind bars? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think they necessarily have the numbers to move elections, but, uh, you know, you certainly shouldn't, um, you know, lose your say in the system because you've been victimized. They would by the have system. the numbers to move the elections in a small town that has a prison and the prison is a huge chunk of the population. Should they be That's forced to vote in the town possible. from which they were living prior to going to the prison? Um, I mean, I don't know. I think we should just abolish the whole system Indeed. by which you know people's votes are given power over me. We sure. don't have a true democracy if the prisoners can't vote. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. Well, some would say we have a republic, not a democracy, well, but true. really, what's the, the difference? Uh, there's more coming up here. It's free time. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in. Toll-free number 855-450-FREE. It's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in-line rooms. They're over at discord.lrn.fm. 
jump into one of those, you'll sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us. And tonight, that includes Ian. Nobody. And Chris. Crypto Vegas and Anarcho Vegas are dual events with an amazing lineup of speakers. And it's all the more amazing because, well, most events have been canceled uh, in 2020. But you can still go to Vegas and attend anarchovegas.com and cryptovegasconference.com. That's where you can go to get registered. $20.20 for each event. So they're one-day events. You pay $20.20 per day. You get to see, if you're at Crypto Vegas, you'll see Juan Galt speaking, Anastasia Sergevina, Lynn Ulbricht, Jim Bell, Float CEO Kingsley Edwards, and Elise Sam and more. Also at Anarcho Vegas 2020, you'll get to see Jim Bell, Larkin Rose, Ovens O'Brien, G. Edward Griffin, Walter Block, Amanda Rockwitz, Ernie Hancock, and others. You can go to the websites, get registered, use code FTL, and get 10% off your VIP tickets. AnarchoVegas.com and CryptoVegasConference.com. It's July 18th and 19th, so we're about a month and you know, maybe five weeks or so away from this. Uh, it's going to be coming up soon, so go and get your tickets now. AnarchoVegas.com, CryptoVegasConference.com, and Free Talk Live is expected to broadcast uh, from the events. And I think that, at the very least, Mark and Aria are willing to go out. I, myself, I'm not willing to put a damn mask on to uh, to fly somewhere. So, so it's kind of a questionable situation of would... There's news reports about can you get on a plane, or some people are saying you can get on a plane without wearing a mask, because a lot of people have apparently been doing that. And so the Karens are really upset, and they've been complaining to news media so there's this lengthy story at the new york times within the last week uh that's just crying about all these people not wearing masks on planes but i don't know i don't know how strictly enforced these things are so it may be the kind of thing where i get to the airport and they're not going to let me you know let me on the plane i mean why don't they just have different Mm. sections for people who want to wear a mask and who don't wouldn't that make more sense than to that force does sound on? more sensible yeah and but then yeah. have people taking their mask off after they get on against right next to people who you know don't want to be around people who are corporate america has been really pushing this whole mask thing so for whatever mm, reason yeah. a corporation's either in or they're out and it seems like almost all of them are in with the whole i mean, I, mean they could probably, I bet in a lot of cases they could just even have whole planes that are like Mask free, no masks. Yeah, yeah, they could totally do that. I mean, especially to a lot of destinations. Yeah, and and somebody who was complaining about it was saying that half the people on one flight didn't have masks on. So there you go. You yeah, split that's them up. Definitely sounds like a solution. The market is demanding both services. So anyway, back to uh, the story here that we've been sharing with you. And so far, the demands have been pretty decent when it comes to the justice system demands. There wasn't much for us to disagree with here. Uh, abolishing the police and making some pretty significant changes, releasing a lot of peaceful people from prison. And we continue with the list here from Medium.com. And I will post the full thing on our Twitter at twitter.freetalklive.com, on our Mastodon at toot.freetalklive.com, and the Telegram at telegram.freetalklive.com. They say, number 12, we demand an end to prosecutorial immunity for police officers in the time between now and the dissolution of the Seattle Police Department and extant justice system. So yeah, that's a good idea. Let's let's get rid of immunity mm. for that the would police probably officers. be the most uh, significant thing to focus on is that immunity. Yeah, um, just that's something you could do nationwide. Yeah, although just to quibble, it's not really prosecutorial immunity; it's sovereign immunity, qualified immunity, or, or, or all qualified of, immunity. All of the immunity. All of the prosecutorial yes. immunity only applies to prosecutors. 
Yeah. Should get rid of that too, though. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Any immunities these goons have, they should be gotten rid of. And this Mm. is something that could be done, Mm. but will the political class, the politicians, the spineless politicians, the cowards, actually go up against the police department? There's no way. And you know why? You know, know, one of the things that is, the, the reality is, a lot of these, you know, politicians. You know, where do they get into those spots from? They get into those spots from, you know, having been the prosecutor, right? Sometimes, Um, yeah. That's how they climb the ladder, so to speak, within the political world. So this idea that you're going to have the very people who were prosecutors passing laws to remove this you know, immunity, all of these immunities, it's just, it's absurd. It's yeah. just not going to happen. I don't believe it's going to happen. I mean, it would be nice because if, from what I understand, Justin Amash has proposed a bill uh, that would get rid of qualified immunity. Now, I don't know if that's the truth. I haven't read the damn sure. thing. But, but is it going to pass? I, I, no. I, yeah, I, zero chance. It's what not are the passing. Mm. Um, I mean, then again, this is sort of an unprecedented time. I guess we'll see. I would go with you, though, on this one, Chris. And I, if I'm going to wager money on it, I would wager that there's no chance that yeah. it'll, it'll pass. But where are they going to go from here? What will we see happen next? We've definitely never seen this level of resistance before. This is a little beyond what happened during Occupy uh, almost a decade ago. They're going to need to so. expand their reach. You know, the autonomous expand zone? the autonomous zone and slowly mm. increase it until a point in which they actually have some Take over sort a of... big swath of the city. Yeah, yeah, until they actually have some sort of resources and ability to start, you know, basically have, having some level of control over things. We demand, number 13, an abolition to imprisonment, generally speaking, but it de- de- especially the abolition of both youth prisons and privately owned for-profit prisons. So uh, the abolition of imprisonment, now that's a pretty big concept. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Uh, sounds good. I don't see any reason that uh, private prisons are worse than, than government-run prisons. Um, They're all I would bad. Say get rid of all of them. I you know I don't know, but what do you do with a murderer? Kill him. I, see, I I don't know. I I don't necessarily like the idea of prisons, but at the same time, I don't necessarily think that um you know you know that we need to be killing people just because they've done something terrible, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like just because somebody's murdered somebody doesn't mean they're a threat to the rest of society. That's true. Um. I'm Unless not, they're a serial murder, yeah. If, you know, you're, if, it's, if, it's, if somebody <laughs> killed someone in the in the you know the height of passion or whatever, a second degree murder, that's not the same thing as first degree, right? Uh, maybe they could come back from that a and bar have fight. a productive life or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, somebody gets killed in a bar fight who isn't inten- you know isn't didn't intentionally kill somebody, um, you know, manslaughter. Uh, that's manslaughter. Yeah, you know, right. Is you know. I mean, really? Do they need to be in prison? Right. I mean, it's. I understand. So I you understand. Would say no. I, yeah. I mean, I would say if the objective is, you know, to make our societies safer or mm-hmm. something to that effect, I don't see how it's making our society safer. No. Um, it's revenge. There's plenty of recidivism too, where people go to prison and then they get out and then they go back into prison. Yeah. Because it's. It's. They didn't get corrected. It's surprise. It's, it's really a sickness of society to want to seek revenge mm-hmm. on you know people who have harmed uh you know they've got their own issues right it's like I, I i'm not saying that you know we should get rid of like i don't know if i i don't know if i want to say we should get rid of prisons but like altogether but like i think that I, the way that prisons exist um i i much prefer the idea of oh let's kick them out of our town or our city or our state you know well where are they gonna leave. go well I don't know. Um, Wait, you mean the prisons or the pl- the people? You know, uh, so, like, kick out the people or kick out the prisons? If you're gonna if you're gonna put somebody in prison mm-hmm. or decide mm-hmm. to banish them, I'd rather see the banishing. Banishing, okay, yeah, okay. There's something to be said for that, and you know, one imagines that there would be a place where you know 
the people nobody wanted would end up the and banished town. they can still deal with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. They can call it band cam. I gotta say, right? I agree I agree with you on that, Chris. I think if they gave me the the you know the button to push, yeah. either get rid of the prisons or not. I'd, I'd push the button. Get yeah, I would too. Yeah. Uh eight fifty five four fifty free. That's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. If you got a right to bear arms, then you won't need to put as many people in prison because you can defend yourself when uh, they attack. It's true. There's more coming up here. Eight fifty five four fifty free. More of the demands from the Chaz coming up. The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to send, earn, spend, and exchange digital money in seconds. Send money around the globe with only a swipe. Instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with crypto. Multi tiered masternodes allow everyone to partake in the network. Visit DiviProject.org. DiviProject.org. It's free talk live. Open phones for you to call in, take control of the airwaves, bring up what you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. Some pretty interesting reforms. Most most so far, I would say 90% plus we've agreed with mm. uh, from the Seattle group that, or at least part of the Seattle group that has taken over the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. And we'll continue with that discussion here. We've got more of their demands and I suspect we're going to disagree pretty vehemently with some of them coming up very, very soon. But most of their criminal justice reforms sound pretty good so far, like abolishing uh, the Seattle Police Department, releasing peaceful people from prisons, maybe even abolishing prisons entirely. Uh, So with you tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And also, uh, don't forget, check out Bitcoin.com to learn about Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, cryptocurrency in general. It's a good time to learn something new. You know, things are changing all around you. The money's going to change, too, over time, especially with all these digital options coming into play. You ought to take a little bit of time to get the basics and learn them over at Bitcoin.com. They got that for you. Plus, they got a whole lot more, including a great news site that's updated regularly with information from across the planet about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and Bitcoin Cash. Get on over to Bitcoin.com. As we continue here with more of the list of demands from the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, we're still in the section, which is the largest one. There's four sections. Uh, We're in the section on justice, the justice system, uh, various different changes that they would like to see. So we continue. So we were talking about they wanted to end the prisons, uh, demand the abolition of imprisonment, specifically was number 13. And I think we all kind of agreed that given the choice, Mm -hmm. we'd go ahead and, and get rid of that. Yeah. Um, you know, we would see people defending themselves if you have a right to bear arms uh, against the bad guys, and most of them probably won't survive that. Number 14, we demand, in replacement of the current criminal justice system, the creation of a restorative-slash-transformative accountability program as replacement for imprisonment. So restorative justice, I think most of us libertarian types would agree with, meaning that mm-hmm. you do some damage to somebody, you do some damage to their property, their loved ones, or whatever, you got to pay them back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then some, right? So not only pay back for what you damaged, but pay back for the heartache and the difficulty and the frustrations mm-hmm. of having to repair uh, those things, whatever lost productivity uh, that you might have had as a result of that. I think those are all fair, 
uh, fair things to, to demand from somebody who has wronged mm-hmm. you. Absolutely. And we don't see a lot of that in the so-called justice system these days. What unless, you, it, unless it has to do with copyright, in which case... Are there restitutions? Oh, in, yeah. In those cases? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we could... Well, they're, they're, right. So those are big corporations, right? Yeah, so big yeah, corporations yeah. Uh-huh, are getting uh-huh. But the average little guy, not so much. If yeah. the cops get involved in a situation, they, nope. are, they make an arrest... Uh, they can get the conviction and they get fines. You don't get the fines. They mm-hmm. get the fines. Mm-hmm. They get the jail time. They get the bigger jail budgets as a result of that. And you get victimized twice. Because if this person hurt you, if this mm. person stole from you, well, now the government gang is stealing from you to put that person behind bars and calling that justice. Yeah. When really it's just enlarging the system and empowering the system. Yeah. It does nothing for the victim. Correct. Number 15. We demand autonomy be given to the people to create localized anti-crime systems. Now, I don't know what that means exactly, uh, but I'm in favor of more autonomy. So yeah, no. if that means local crime prevention methods, maybe neighborhood watch, uh, things mm-hmm. like that. Maybe Which that's is a- basically a, a politically correct way of saying militia. Sure. Yeah, that's true. And they've been popular over time, the neighborhood, oh, yeah. neighborhood watches, uh, when police have failed miserably as they tend mm. to do, people get fed up and they say, well, we can do a better job. And then mm. they organize and they do a better job. Yeah. I mean, there were certainly areas that were uh, patrolled by the Black Panthers that were much better off being patrolled by them than they were by the police. Well, then they're also, they know their neighbors more, right? So they know who they're mm. dealing with. They know when there's a strange person around that has not been around before or whatever. You, you can be more aware of those sorts of things if you're not the cops. Well, I mean, when mm. you live in the community and you're right. not, you know, uh, you know, driving in from the in suburbs from, yep. to uh, police the black communities, it's no Great surprise point. that you can do a better job. Number 16, we demand the Seattle Police Department between now and the time of its abolition in the near future, empty its lost and found and return property owned by denizens of the city. Seems reasonable. Number 17, we demand justice for those who have been sexually harassed or abused by the Seattle Police Department or prison guards in the state of Washington. Reasonable. We uh, read a statement from a police officer, former cop, a couple nights ago. There was a really really epic blog uh, by a former cop who calls himself a former bastard cop and went into really the dirty details of what he's seen, just the horrible things he's seen not only himself do, but also his cohorts within the mm. police department and of course one of those things includes extracting sexual favors uh from from people forced sexual favors uh from people on the side of the road or or in a dark alleyway or whatever the police have done to people mm. number 18 we demand uh that between now and the abolition of the seattle police department that each and every spd officer turn on their body cameras and the body camera video of all seattle police should be a matter of easily accessible public record mm. Also agree with that one. And number 19, we demand that the funding previously used for Seattle Police be directed into, and here we go, A, socialized health and medicine for the city of Seattle. Oh, God. Yeah, you knew it was going to come here. Yeah, well, and what (laughs) I don't understand is what makes them think they're going to get better service in health care than they they got in law enforcement, you know? know If the government hates you and they want to kill you with cops, they can also kill you with doctors. It's, It's crazy, too, because they don't even understand that they've already 
got some of to some extent this uh i I don't know if i i don't know if socialized is quite the right word but it's government right it's Mm -hmm. all we already have a system that was heavily impacted by government undermined our healthcare system and Mm -hmm. it's been that way for a really long time government control the majority of the dollars in healthcare yeah yeah that was true 20 years ago if Mm -hmm. you want to fix it you need to get government out of healthcare not they haven't learned their lesson yet and i think nobody's point is the best point on this why would you want trump why would you want the city of Seattle? Why mm-hmm. would you want the state of Washington, the very entities that have oppressed you, to now be in charge of your health care? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Just because you want it free? There's no yeah. reason to believe that they're going to do a better job. And yeah. it's not free no. anyway. No, it's, it's, it's expensive. You're just, it's, you're, it might be giving you, they, they give you the impression it's free. It's but way overpriced. You just don't over, see the tag. Right. It's overpriced right. because you end up paying through other means. Right. And this is where they're going to fail is on economics. Oh, so yeah. they're absolutely right on when the, when it comes to their justice demands mm-hmm. so far. Um, mm-hmm. They don't understand economics, and so we're going to get into that. They actually have a section for economic demands. That's what's coming up next mm-hmm. year. Uh, oh, but let's God. go on. They also want the money from the Seattle police funding to go into free public housing because they say housing is a right, not a privilege. Right. You yeah, don't mean you see, agree the with idea that. that <laughs> you know, you have a right to have somebody build you a house yeah, well, nobody's going to do you, that. You, Sorry. You know I, I would agree that they have a right to, to housing, but they don't have the right to, uh, how do I say this? They they have the right to they, build a house. The right to build a house. They land they right can to, homestead. To own. They have yeah. the right to do those things, and the government shouldn't be allowed to take it away from them. Which is one of the reasons why Seattle is an expensive place to live, because the government has mm. stepped in with all kinds of building regulations. Right. And they made it difficult to build new property. Uh, within Seattle, and you know, I'm sure outside of Seattle is also fairly restrictive. But uh, yeah, Seattle's the, the prices on on rent have gone through the roof because the market can't respond. The the market, yeah. even people who have the money to build, can't do it. Right. They, and I think the right to homestead is a huge thing that has been denied by the current uh, society, and right. that For you know they they time. subsidize. The owner ownership of land so that people own way more than they could afford to defend Mm -hmm. themselves under anarchy. And, you know, the guy who uh, the homeless guy who's paying taxes on his cup of coffee in the morning is paying to defend somebody else's land from him. That's right. And that's not good. Yeah. Um, There's uh, two more sub points here on what is the final uh, point on the justice system. Then we'll get into their economic demands. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. So it sounds like these guys aren't ready to have a different system yet, like their own system. They still are making demands on the other system. They want them to bend. They want the system to bend to their will. Right. Uh, there's more coming up. You can share your thoughts. It's free time. Live, you may dial toll free here. Our number 855 450 free like freedom. And we've also got the uh, the Discord call in lines over at discord.lrn.fm. We have been talking about the details on the list of demands that we are, I would say, more than halfway through at this point because the bulk of the demands, and there's 19 in the section that we are about to finish. 
uh, the section about justice system related stuff. And we've been on board with almost all of it so far. Mm-hmm. So far. There have been like one or two little things we've we've quibbled with. Well, but, then, uh, they, then they wanted the government to control health care. That's right. Yeah, at the very um, end, uh, yeah, we, we're breaking away. Sad. We're breaking away from number 19 where they get into, not only they say they want socialized health and medicine for the city of Seattle, but they also want free public housing because they say housing's a right. Uh, we which, want our health care controlled by the same people we want the other to control taken away from <laughs> because we haven't thought this out very nope. well. No, yeah. we, have. We, we don't like the injustice, which we agree with, but they also really want free stuff. You have the right mm-hmm. to own and you have the right to possess, but you don't have the right to steal from other people. Well, and I don't think they see it like stealing yet. They may see the violence that's imposed upon them by the system. They yep. see that pretty clearly. But they don't understand the connection between this, you know, what taxes are and the police's role in keeping the system in place. So if you want to comment, you can join us here. We're going to finish up with number 19, and then we'll get into their economic demands, which number 19 is pretty much economic demands here. They've, they've broken it down into uh, five different subcategories of the things they demand that the money be – the money that has previously been used for the Seattle police be redirected. So, again, socialized health care, which we're against – because uh, we're for freedom. And then free public housing, which, again, we believe in homesteading. I, th- I think I can speak for the three of us, right? Like, are yeah. you on board with homesteading, Chris? Uh, I'm not. I, I'm, look, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't I don't necessarily um, – I don't, I don't want to say I have an, a, a particular opinion on this, but okay. certainly – do you think that someone who comes across what appears to be unoccupied land should be able to set up a, a house on it? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. It um, somebody's somebody ultimately is claiming, you know, claiming to control the land. Um, it is sort of a, an artificial, you know, an artificial thing. And if I guess if you start developing it, then yeah, I mean, shouldn't yeah, there be I mean, if there is going to be if somebody's saying they have control of land, shouldn't yeah. there be some evidence of the control? You know, like they put up a fence or they have an armed guard or they have, you know, some sort Mm of uh, artifice to suggest to you that, oh, someone already has this land. Yeah, it seems it seems that way to me. You know, the idea I mean, and and caps have always had this. uh, That's the narco capitalists have always had this kind of weird division where they say, well, property rights go on forever. But silly there's but yet. There is no organization to return land to you that's stolen from you. Mm-hmm. So you know, it to me that doesn't that doesn't really make sense. I mean, if you, uh, I I kind of like the idea that the land is yours for as long as you choose to defend it. Yep. But once you walk away from it, you know, it's abandoned property, then mm. somebody else can take it. I, it's kind of an interesting perspective to have, and it's kind of you know property, you know physical property, you know like I certainly believe in physical property rights, right? Like you own something, you can you can own something, um, you know. It, in land is a kind of a a very interesting subject because it's it's not something that you, I mean, you really possess. It's more of a it's more of a concept. Um, it's sort of like copyright in a in a sense. So it's it's one well, of property those, is a concept. Yeah. Well, it's something that you can show and you can do and you can have, right? But land, but it's also a concept because there are people sure, who claim to not sure, believe but in it. But it's not. I don't know. It's 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 got a level of artificialness to it, right? 
Um, sure. Effectively, when we say we own property, it's effectively what is that? I mean, it basically means that there is a government that says that this is your land or a king or somebody who says this is your land and you can do what you want with it or you could do certain things with it. Right. Things they allow. Um, Right. And, you know, and that they will purportedly protect your rights to that land. Right. Which goes back to the Mm. idea of defending the thing that you have. In this case, you're using the government to defend the land. With the absence of the government, you'd have to use something else. Right. I mean, uh, and and that's and that's the question, you know, I mean, what is yours? How does something become yours? Mm -hmm. And um, certainly, you know, I, I don't. I don't necessarily. And I think these these questions yeah. that you're asking yeah. would be answered in different ways. To go back to the conversation we had at the beginning of the show about the federalism of the different states, I bet you would see different property systems and belief systems kind of coming up about that in the different areas. Yeah, and pretty much, I mean, what, the development of of thought pretty much came through John Locke. Um, who wrote in the Second Treatise in Government, and I think that was in the 1600s, um, that basically when you take a piece of un- unowned land um, and you turn it into something else, like you make a ranch out of it, you make a home out of it, you make a farm out of it, then the farm is a product of your labor, mm. and as such, it belongs to, to you. you. Um but he goes on to say that nobody else really has a right to complain about this so long as there is as much and as good land left for others to uh, to homestead. Yeah. And he compares it to a river and he says that, you know, nobody has a right to complain about how much you're drinking out of the river so long as there's water left for them to it's drink. Like you don't drink at all. Yeah, yeah it, right. It, it, the problem with homesteading is it, I feel like it goes into this kind of socialist territory where we're justifying. Well, it's not socialism because stealing. socialism um, is state ownership of the means of production, right? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair yeah, enough. I mean, homesteading um, is specifically it's, it's, unowned it's, land. It's, yeah, it's not stealing. Claiming. I mean, so right, but it's just a different view on property. Right. The current so, view on property is that you can put a fence up around a hundred thousand miles and say, "This is mine." Yeah. You know, because the king gave you the state of Pennsylvania right, right. I mean, or something. The homesteading belief system would say that, well, if you're not going to do anything to actively defend it, which would cost a lot of money, right? Yeah. Like if you had to have, you know, some guards for all that that space or whatever, it's going to mm. going to cost some money. And so, if you just leave a property undefended and undeveloped and no one's around, that at some point the the people the people who are taking the position nobody and I are say that, well, it's really not yours anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, this is one of these things where, it, you know, if you if you don't defend it, uh, you know, if you if you leave your house and you go on vacation, is it not your house anymore? Because now, that is a good defined. question. Well, and I mean, there's there is a question about how long would that take? Mm-hmm. You know, certainly, although we used to joke when we had mutualists up here, we used to joke when they went down to the store, we'd be like, yeah, we're going to homestead your apartment while you're gone. <laughs> um, you know, the reality was, you know. They would not have claimed that right, right? Mm-hmm. They would have said, you know, if if you leave and you're gone for a long time, then eventually it's abandoned land. But- right, yeah. I would say there would be some amount of time where if there's no evidence whatsoever that anyone has lived in a place for, I don't know how many years, right? Mm-hmm. Like this would be one of the things that people would come up with, right? Different yeah. systems would arise to say that, well, once it's been abandoned for 10 years or once it's been abandoned for 50 mm-hmm. years or, or whatever. And, you know, that's that's the idea behind 
uh, the idea of adverse possession. Mm-hmm. Um, that And the way adverse possession works is if you take up residence on a piece of land that is apparently unowned and nobody comes and tells you to leave to get out, yeah. for 15 years, it's then yours. it's your land. And that's just an arbitrary number uh, that they that they came up with. But, you know, you got to figure if 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 you're going to claim exclusive ownership of a piece of land, I think you should check in on it every 15 years, Seems whether reasonable. you need to or not. Because you don't care if you don't. Otherwise, if you're you know, not. You don't care. Exactly. Yeah. You know, if you're not using it, then don't prevent other people from using it. Yeah, I. It's it just seems uh, this this territory this conversation it just seems so like what are we missing what are we you know I don't know I just feel like there's there's more to it well no it's system's going to be perfect yeah and and, um, and that's the thing it's like it, that's one of these things where it's like our system is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination currently um but it's a it's a fairly clear system it's easy to understand if you start mm. saying okay yeah if well, you're if you're rich you get richer and if you're poor you get poorer <laughs> it's easy to understand right. Right, sure. Um, but like you know, there's got to be some sort of means, uh, you know, to 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 retain control. And then, what if we don't all agree on you know what that means? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, well, if you got uh, a guy with a gun there, then I'm going to say you've retained control of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. defend it, and it's yours. Well, what if happens when barbed wire fence? What happens when the army comes because somebody's got a militia and he's got fifty guys and I've got two? Well, now you're just talking about the law of the jungle and might makes right. I mean, that's hopefully we live mm-hmm. in a better society than that. There's more coming up here. Hour three. Remember when you first heard about Bitcoin? How long did it take you to realize this little project would soon change the world? Do you kind of wish you had gotten involved sooner? Well, now is your chance to be part of the next revolution in money. Intercoin is working to finally make crypto go mainstream. It's designed to be scalable enough to support everyday payments and even elections without the state. Bitcoin was originally supposed to be a peer-to-peer cash system, the way we would all pay one another without having to trust any third party. But instead, over time, it mostly became a store of value. That's because every 10 minutes, the Bitcoin network must put all transactions into a block. And that block can only hold so much. If crypto is to become mainstream, for everyone to use it in everyday payments, we need a new architecture, one that's as secure as Bitcoin while being far more scalable. Check out intercoin.org to find out more, and maybe... Pick up some of those coins for yourself. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. 855-450-3733 as we launch into the third hour of the program. We've been going through and dissecting and so far agreeing with a fair amount of the demands uh, from the protesters in the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Not all of the protesters. I don't know how many of them had weighed into this, but those who describe themselves as the collective black voices, and obviously not everybody in Capitol Hill is uh, black, so this is their demands, and there are quite a bit of uh, agreeable justice demands here, like abolishing the police and uh, reparations for victims of police brutality, 
making officers' names involved in police brutality a public record, releasing peaceful people, marijuana offenders, for instance, from prison. Uh, there's a bunch of good stuff in here. And then we get to the not-so-good part, which is the basically demand for socialism. Uh, they, they want the police budget to be moved into socialized health and medicine. Uh, they want a free public housing. And then part C of their demands of what they want the police budget moved into, public education. They want to decrease the average, uh, average class size in city schools and increase teacher salary. So, wow. Better indoctrination. I have to wonder what their uh, what their teacher pay is like now, because I know between pensions and uh, you know salary relative to what they work, um, it's, they get paid a lot. Yeah, in some places yeah. they get paid very, 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 very well. I expect that's true in Seattle as well. And yeah. you know they only work eight months a year. Correct. Yeah, um, it shouldn't be unreasonable to have to get a second job when you're working eight months out of the year and everybody else works twelve. So, uh, yeah, and again, the government school system is just another part of this whole system. They, again, they've, they've managed to rightfully critique the justice system. They, they've, they're mm-hmm. spot on on their critiques there. But the government education system is just public indoctrination to get people to believe in things like the police. Remember, mm-hmm. I, you know, didn't they bring the friend, officer friendly into your class and propagandize oh, yeah. you about how, you know, if you see one of these guys on the streets, they're yep. your friend. You can always talk to them. When you send, send your children to Caesar to be educated, don't be surprised when they return as Roman. <laughs> uh, number D or uh, item D here on the list: naturalization services for immigrants into the United States living here undocumented. They say we demand they be called undocumented because no person is illegal. Am I going to say I agree with? I, that I don't. One? I think we should just get rid of the distinction. Well, I see. I see what you're saying there. I only agree with it as long as we have this system of immigration. I think that people should be able to come here. Well, I have no problem without, with immigration. Yeah. What I have a problem with is the designation of whether or not somebody is a citizen or not a Agreed. citizen. I think this is ridiculous. Totally agree there. Number or item E on the list: general community development, parks, etc. This is again what they want the money from the police department mm. to be used for. So they then get into their list of economic demands. So there's broken into a four-part series. The first and largest part is their justice demands, which we just went through. Uh, and now on to their economic demands. Number one, we demand the de-gentrification of Seattle, starting with rent control. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. You, you knew that was you coming. destroy the incentive <sighs> to build rental housing. Nobody's going to build rental housing. Now, when you say destroy That's the incentive. That's not me. Hold on. You got to explain it. When you say to destroy the incentive, most yeah. people, when they hear rent control, they think, hey, I'm going to never have to pay more than this amount of rent for the rest of my life. That sounds pretty great. That's good. If well, you, uh... sure. But people build rental housing because they intend to make money by doing that Mm -hmm. and if you destroy the ability to make money by owning rental property people will just stop building it yeah i mean you kind of it's kind of funny because you're actually kind of creating an elite class amongst the you know the people who end up getting that that Mm -hmm. uh you know subsidized housing um because the housing doesn't get built anymore so there's it becomes even smaller and smaller relative to the, the well, I don't even know if you would say to relative to the population, maybe relative to the population, because everybody else ends up, you know, kind of getting in uh, into housing and they turn, you know, apartments that were designed for a family into two apartments and then 
you know, more and more. And to try becomes, to fit as many people. Right, and, and to as many mm-hmm. people as possible. And then you got these people who have this subsidized housing and, you know, they end up, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happens. Maybe they make money off of it by, by, uh, well, the landlords that are or, under rent control aren't making money, right? They can't certainly. afford to raise the rents. They are not allowed right. to raise the rents. Right. And so they don't fix things when they break. I, I, right. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of have to wonder how does that, you know, how does that work? I mean, if you, because if, if you can't raise the rent and your property taxes are going up, you eventually aren't bringing enough you money sell to the, the You sell the building eventually. But nobody's going to buy a building where there's a negative <laughs> mm-hmm. profit. I mean, if, you're, if you've got payout Great and you don't point. bring the money, enough money to cover Well, the, the thing is, once you're bankrupt, then you know somebody else can take it. buy the building at bankruptcy So option. it becomes city property then. Um, it could. It could. Or Turn it, it into just, a, a real slum. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, there you go. So it's uh, one way or the other. It's it's a disaster yeah, when they implement awful. rent control. Again, these people aren't known for economic understanding. The the, the lefties basically mm. they're just they generally don't think about these things uh, real far. Uh, two on their list here of economic demands. We demand the restoration of city funding for arts and culture to reestablish the once rich local cultural identity of Seattle. So government funded arts and culture. I, yeah, I really want to know how that's going to work. I mean, well, you they know, take money by force and they give well, it to artists. They give it to the artists okay. who are politically powerful so, instead of yeah. the ones oh, that on, people on, want to on. actually go see their art. Does, I mean, does that make any sense at all? Because you end up right, you end up with this like corporate like art that's not really art, and you push out all the people who are like artists to places that you know are cost effective to live. So you don't really have artists; you have like well connected individuals that become an elite that. You know, aren't aren't uh, you know? You're not the getting artistic what you, elite, right? They're not actually artistic. Mm-hmm. They're just they're getting paid to do something that they're not capable of doing. Well, maybe they are capable. I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. So, uh, maybe certainly some, some real but... artists have gotten the art subsidies over the years. There's, I'm sure, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they really enjoyed getting all that free money uh, to to do their art. But as nobody points out, shouldn't people be supporting the art that they directly supporting the art that they enjoy? And that's what mm-hmm. you know, seems like it would make sense to me. But that's yeah. not if you the have way these central bureaucracy involved, then you've got people who may not agree with particular art being forced to support the art that they don't agree with. Maybe yeah. the mm-hmm. art has a political opinion, for instance, that they they would rather not put their money behind. But now the government is forcing that to happen. Well, right. <laughs> and with these people uh, who are wanting this, because remember. They may be able to see what the benefits are, right? There's the seen and the unseen in this in this case. So, oh, we get all this free money for art. Oh, we'll make our community more beautiful. I mean, who's against art? Well, what if it's Chris Cantwell who wants to make some art? What if yeah. Chris Cantwell comes into, you know, but for those that don't know, he's a racist. Yeah, uh, what, what if racist white supremacist Chris Cantwell rolls into town and decides that he's going to set up an art shop? And uh, he's going to start drawing Hitler uh, mustaches on everything. I don't know what the hell Chris Cantwell would do is for, for art. But if you're going to give it out to some people, then mm-hmm. you have to give it out to all of the people, right? Or are they going to make decisions about who gets the art subsidies and only the popular mm. people get art subsidies? Which is, of course, not the point of the art subsidy, right? The point yeah. of the art subsidy, it's, if you listen to these folks who want them, is, well, there's these weird uh, artists who don't have commercially popular art, so therefore they should be uh, subsidized. And, and the crazy right. thing is this, is this is a form of speech suppression. Um, it's just doing it in reverse. They're, they're effectively... Uh, you know, um, giving money to the speech that they like rather mm-hmm. than the speech that they don't like. And that, of course, will, 
you know, increase the costs of the people who are not they're not giving money to in order to show off their art or whatever. So but maybe they'll be thing. on Main Street as opposed to the they back alley. They think it'll be the people they like, but if it's everybody who applies, which is well, the way the courts will enforce it. Maybe, but right? I'm assuming that it's going to be, you know, I'm going to give money to, you know, the politicians are effectively giving handouts to the people that they like speech-wise. You know, the artists that's that they like. likely the way it would pan they, out. But yeah. if somebody challenges it in court, then the courts will be like, well, if you're going to give out subsidies, maybe. you got to give it out to everybody who applies. Or, or maybe they won't. Who knows? The, the courts are pretty unpredictable. But yeah, I've always wanted to get a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts to write a book called You Dumb Bastards about how they shouldn't have given me the money. Um, <laughs> 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You could make it like a flip book. It could have like one page of text and then the rest could be like a flip book where you flip through it and animates. Remember those? 855-450-FREE. It's free talk. Free Talk Live, you bring up what you want here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. We're reading the list of demands from the folks who've taken over, or some of the folks uh, who've taken over the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, as they're calling it, in Seattle. And uh, you're welcome to comment. Our toll-free number again, 855-450-FREE. With you tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. The Next Generation Wallet is coming from Divi in just a few taps. You'll be able to spend, earn, store, and exchange digital money in seconds. Divi says you'll be able to send money around the globe in only a swipe and instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and fiat currencies like the dollar. Write in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. There's no need to wait, though, as Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with their multi-tiered masternodes, allowing anyone to earn by supporting the Divi network. When the new Divi wallet launches because of their relationship with Western Union, Divi will be in 200 countries, including the United States. You can learn more at DiviProject.org, D-I-V-I-Project.org. We go back into your phone calls, where Penguin is on the line in Virginia, listening online via the TuneIn app. Go ahead, Penguin. Hey, guys. I hope I'm finding you well. Yeah, go ahead. I'm calling from uh, Region 3. Just calling um, about some th- th- interesting things that are um, topical things I, I heard on, uh, on the radio today really uh, kind of inspired me um, to dig deeper about that. It was I, actually, I think it was about a, uh, I'm reading an article here too, about uh, Paul Robeson and Jackie Robeson. But anyways, it went into the whole issue with the protests against police violence and other, you know, racial issues by the black community and how they were, um, you know, you had, you had different, you have different protests by uh, celebrities, let's say sports stars. Let's say you have um, Kaepernick taking a knee. You have different people speaking out at different times. You know, on a variety of issues, too. Mm-hmm. And people always say this thing. They say this thing like, I, I want just play the sports. I don't want to hear your opinions. Just keep it about sports. Keep it about sports. But if you look historically, that's not historically what's occurred. They've all, uh, always been outspoken. They were very outspoken in, uh, back in the day, um, before the turn of the century. Back in the day, in the '70s and the '60s, they were up there uh, with the with the black gloves, raising their fists at the Olympics. There were people that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar didn't even go to the Olympics. Um, they were they were Muhammad he was so Ali busy flying airplanes. Gave up his career, and uh, and yeah, and and so I was. They were talking about Jackie Robinson, who they actually uh, brought up uh, uh, the baseball player, the house. Yeah, the one, the one, the great hero of American. Oh, yeah, he's so he was so great, American hero. 
he integrated the um, baseball, you know, Major League Baseball, and he, they brought him before the House Un-American Activities Commission to speak against, to denounce, actually, uh, uh, communist um, influence in the, in the black resistance movement. Okay, hold and, on. You, you um, faded out a little bit there. You're saying Jackie Robinson spoke against communism? Yeah, yeah but against black, the black president, uh, sorry, the communist presence in the black resistance movement. And that, they, they, so they thought of the most beloved, most, like, you know, all-American black guy they could think of. And the most, um, the most American, pro-American and denouncing the communists, uh, and that's a whole other story, by the way, um, uh, athlete they could think of, the mm-hmm. one that they could, they could really put before everybody, he said some of the most radical things, not only then, but right then in front of Congress, he said some pretty radical stuff. He's, he said some stuff that is beyond, any, beyond most of what uh, these uh, athletes and celebs were saying today. And he continued to, and it's and it's, it's a misnomer. And they said that it's a misnomer. Like, what are they? What are you referring to? Like, what are, what are some of the things that he said that were so outrageous? Well, uh, man, I got the article right here. He he would just constantly he would speak right to in the I think it was the forties, right to the congressman, talking about um, in front of Congress, saying that you know there is a struggle with it, it just discrimination and uh, police violence and all this stuff. I, think, I don't remember the entire quote. It's all true. And so you're saying some of the same complaints the that the protesters have today, he yeah, brought up all, in the 40s. It's not all communist agitation, or now it's mm-hmm. anarchist, but it's not communist agitation. It's true, and it will it will come to a head if this continues. This was long before. Mm-hmm. This is when they were asked to not, pro, you know, this was when they asked to go along to get along, not uh, not protest before the, you know, during the war. They were trying to tell him, oh, yeah, just you behave, we'll, we'll look out for you. Yeah. We'll look out for him, obviously. Well, to those but people anyways, that don't want to see sports icons or Hollywood icons have an opinion, I say don't pay attention. Well, you know, no mm. one's forcing you to sit there and read a story about Brad Pitt or Jackie Robinson or whoever it is that's the celebrity of the moment and what their opinions are. So people are wanting to get upset. They want to, to feel mm. offended about people that... You know, oh, well, you're only supposed to have this role. Chris, you should shut up. You should just go sell computers. You know, it's like <laughs> everybody's got their right. opinion and they are absolutely uh, within their rights to express it. Thank you, Penguin, for your call here tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. So we're going through the economic demands now of the some of the protesters at the Autonomous Zone. And as we're finding out, they don't know a whole lot about economics. They just want a bunch of free stuff, and they don't understand that there is no such thing as a free lunch and that there are tremendous costs uh, to the, the free stuff that they want here. So let's get into number three on the list. We demand free college for the people of the state of Washington due to the overwhelming effect that education has on economic success, which is, by the way, a lot of propaganda by the colleges and, yeah, well, a lot of propaganda by the colleges, but it's also a matter of su- of supply and demand. Mm-hmm. If everybody goes to college, then all of a sudden, co- things that you require a college degree for, the prices uh, or and the salaries commanded by those things are go going down. to go down. Yeah. Whereas uh, salaries demanded by uh, commanded by other things will go up, and that's why you now make more money with a two-year, uh, uh, you know, plumbing certificate than you make with a four-year English degree or a lot of other four-year the degrees. Certificate. Mm. Exactly. Um, they've uh, by uh, you know f- forcing everybody into four-year colleges. Right. Uh, but- they've. <laughs> kind of they've damaged their own uh they've they've harmed them 
I, you know, I, I don't know if the English degree was the best example or comparison, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a form of, well, they say here, uh, the, oh, due to the co- overwhelming impact of poverty on people of color as a form of reparations for the treatment of black people in this state and country. Number four, we demand that between now and the abolition of the Seattle Police Department, that Seattle police be prohibited from performing homeless sweeps that displace and disturb our homeless neighbors. And on equal footing, we demand an end to all evictions. Huh. Now, I can understand the statement about wanting to leave the homeless people alone. As long as they're not trespassing, I don't care if they're are, out in a are shed. Are they specifically talking about the homeless people, or are they talking about people from like apartments that they rent that they're not paying rent? Well, they're talk- there's two different things they're covering in this one point. Right, that's one is they don't want homeless sweeps, which right. is usually where the police will come in, and they'll, like, they'll come to a homeless encampment yep. somewhere and just destroy it. Right, right, right. Uh, right or right. arrest and destroy it. And then on another demand... They say they want to end all evictions. So all evictions. Wow. So what happens if you don't pay your rent? The guy you get to stay forever. Apparently. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Ain't ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. So why would you ever want to rent to anyone if you couldn't evict them if they'd start destroying the place or not paying the rent or in some other way disrespecting the property or their neighbors Mm -hmm. and such? Yeah. I want to say the property value is going to go up if you don't. But well, they're they're not going to. I mean, they're going to go up, but they're not going to be worth anything in in another sense too. When you say they're going to go up, what do you mean? Well, I mean, it's if you can't evict people, then that becomes more valuable the property. But at the same time, trashed by a bunch of trashy people, less valuable by the property (laughs) owners. A bunch of people, and they won't build more buildings, so the the prices go up. Getting drunk and peeing in the corners and tearing the place down. It's not going to be going up. More coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. (laughs) We call him Willy Wonka. He's a chocolate lab. His belly itched, and he would actually lay in the grass and scoot across it to scratch. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. His belly, it's all really cleaned up. He uh, flops over and lays on his back and just kicks his legs. I call it his happy dance. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. It's Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE FREEDOM. We're getting into the ugly parts of the demands from the protesters out in uh, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, as it's being called a six-block area in the city of Seattle that has been ceded uh, by the police. Police left, apparently, their police station on Monday for whatever reason. Um, there were a lot of protests that were going on, so maybe they felt like they had to go for some reason. They, they left. Uh, they were pressured out, perhaps, and then uh, barricades went up. Was there any violence involved? I By mean, the police. Were police they were being protesters. pelted with bottles? Or? No, the police were attacking protesters, from what I understand. Oh, okay. And uh, they decided they were going to board up their precinct and take off on Monday. And then since then, the autonomous zone has sprung up and it has, uh, well, I think deserve deservedly gotten some press coverage here. And now their list of demands from some of the people within the autonomous zone described as the collective black voices 
at Free Capitol Hill as of June 9th. We've gone through a large number of their demands, most of which we agreed with when it came to the justice system and what they want out of that. Mm-hmm. But now that we get to the economic demands, it's getting uh, it's getting pretty crazy with yeah. uh, basically a bunch of socialism and uh, so-called freebies like free college and funding yeah. for arts and culture. They and, want the government that they want to be autonomous from to also be buying them stuff. <laughs> to take care of them. Right. right. <laughs> I, you know, Which makes them somewhat less autonomous, I would say. It would be interesting sure. if you could outlaw taxation and then give them everything they want. What do you mean? Well, so effectively, the government would have no ability to actually bring money in, so their their budgets would be zero, but they would give out every single... Which would be zero. Yeah, exactly. So we go on here with the remainder of their points and their economic demands. They only have five of them. And so they were talking about stopping the police from performing homeless sweeps. I'm with you there. That makes sense. If the mm-hmm. homeless are mm. doing their thing somewhere and it doesn't bother the property owner, like here in Keene, uh, New Hampshire, where we live a few years back... There was a well-known homeless encampment behind one of the grocery stores here. Uh, There's some Mm -hmm. woods behind the grocery store. And the owner of that property, the owner of the, not the grocery store itself, but the owner of the property on which the grocery store sat. So like the guy that owned the whole shopping center, Mm -hmm. he was fine with it. He spoke in favor of the uh, homeless encampment. But yet the city of Keene came in and raided the the homeless encampment, basically. And uh, I don't think they did it with a SWAT team, but they went in there with their bureaucrats and said, well, these structures that you've created are uh, are inappropriate. They're not by code. You need to have uh, code-safe structures in which that you can have a homeless camp. And so they said, you got to get out, and they forced them out. Yeah. And they didn't end their homelessness. They just put them into the streets again. Yeah, it's like you can't have a tent here, therefore yeah. we're going to steal your tent and then uh, you're going to have to, you know, just sleep on the sidewalk. Right. You know, like seriously, that's going That's what they did. That's going to make them in less safe, not more safe. Right. Well, they, they, well these it's, they it's not about the safety of the people, it's about the control of the bureaucrats. Right. That's what matters yeah. to them. We demand, they say, a decentralized election process to give the citizens of Seattle a greater ability to select candidates for public office such that we are not forced to choose at the poll between equally undesirable options. There are multiple systems and policies in place which make it impractical at best for working class people to run for public office, all of which must go, starting with any fees associated with applying to run for public office. So again, they're just talking about making tweaks to a very undesirable system. They've admitted mm-hmm. they admit here that they're choosing frequently between two equally undesirable options. So they they can see the problem, mm. right? They can see the problem mm-hmm. that the system uh, really only allows the the elites to to run and uh, the politically mm-hmm. connected and that these people are, don't have your interests in mind, but they think that they're going to convince the very same elites to make the system more egalitarian, to make it, you know, more fair for mm. uh, for the poor. I'd rather abolish it. Yeah, just abolish it. They can see the idea of abolishing the police department, but they haven't seen the idea of abolishing the whole thing. Uh, We go on. So that was their second section. The third section is their health and human services section. Number one, we demand the hospitals and care facilities of Seattle employ black doctors and nurses specifically to help care for black patients. (laughs) Unusual demand. Uh 
It's so a segregated medicine. I mean, yeah. <laughs> don't you actually have to have black doctors in order to employ black doctors? Well, there are I black mean, doctors. Well, I, no, I, there I'm are, not but... suggesting that there aren't black doctors, but the population of Seattle is, what, 7% of black? So if yeah. you don't have enough of a black population, how many black doctors do you think you're going you're gonna to yeah, get? I don't know. Great point. I mean, Ooh. I don't know what the population of, you know, what the percentage is well, of black doctors. Well, they said doctors, they only but... wanted black doctors caring for the black patients. So, you know, maybe 7% of the population will produce... Seven percent of the doctors, but I, uh, I, the real world I don't work know. That way. I, I mean, given that they've been subjected to a government uh, education system, which is horrendously mm-hmm. bad, and especially bad in the inner cities, you know, there may not be enough black doctors to treat the uh, the, ba- the I, black well, population. And, and the, as long as they leave the government in charge yeah, of right. the educational I, system, that's not going to change. I would be highly skeptical if there's enough black doctors just because, I mean... Well, not to mention the AMA restricts the number of doctors, period. Yeah. So you've got a cartel, essentially, mm. at the top of the system that prevents people from starting. Now, eliminating the cartel would be a great start. Right. And then you could probably... You know, import enough doctors from other places. There's, to, uh, so, so one of the one of the problems, though, is that we also have a history of you know keeping black people out of colleges and universities and things like that. And you actually have to go to college for a really long time in order to you know become a doctor and stuff. So you actually you know like we're still seeing probably fewer black doctors today to this very day as a result of that because it takes you don't have you know seventy there are very few seventy year old doctors right, but there's a lot of white doctors. That are seventy years old, um, and that's just because mm. of the you know the historic uh, you know racism and so on that's gone on. I'm actually surprised mm. that they haven't called for universal health care in this particular document yet. Like they've called for mm. free school, they've called for uh, you know rent control. I, I, maybe they just overlooked it. But it would seem like you'd expect them to throw that one in here, and uh, I don't see it. Going on, they say uh, number two of their list on health and human services. We demand the people of Seattle. So most of the demands so far have been toward the government. Now they're demanding the people of Seattle seek out and proudly support black-owned businesses. Your money is our power and sustainability. Well, look, I will take my my services from whoever offers me the best service at the best price. Um, I, I buy Jamaican food here in Keene, not because it's made by black people, yeah. but I do appreciate being able to devo- to buy real Jamaican food made by real so, Jamaicans. So I have an interesting perspective mm-hmm. on this. I, I actually don't always go for the, the cheapest or the, or the best quality mm-hmm. because if you do that, you end up with, um, you end up with like one company and then you never, and then they end up going downhill but there's no competition in order to compete mm. so like you actually you're better off diversifying a little bit and not always necessarily going with the cheapest or the best what well, depends on what you're looking for well no mm. because if you end up always going with the cheapest or the best you you end up with a monopoly you see well, what i'm saying true, well, other is, people have different opinions about what the best is and, and well that's true you but, know even for me if i'm going for the best for me, I'm going for what I want that day. Some days I it, want curry. Some days I want maybe, Jamaican curry. It, it depends. Some I mean, days I want, uh, you know, Thai it, food. Some right. days I want pizza. If you're talking about like food, that's one thing. But there's other, depending on what it is that we're talking about specifically. Whatever it is. If we're talking about some sort of product that's not food, a set of features may appeal to me that doesn't appeal to you you may think a certain set of features is the best offered by company a but i may think a set of features offered by company b beats your set of features mm-hmm. and yeah. so i don't think it would work out the way all you're value saying. is subjective uh, well yeah. i mean 
yeah, okay, so people don't always see the value in something, Lowest right? price will always be true of whatever given product. However, again, not all products have the same features, even if they're competing mm. in the same category. So lowest price per a certain set of features is also a thing. Yeah, so, it's true, too. Number three, uh, he says here, or they, whoever was writing this, we demand the city create an entirely separate system staffed by mental health experts to respond to 911 calls pertaining to mental health crisis and insist that all involved in such a program be put through rigorous training in conflict de-escalation. I'll agree with you that if you're going to have a system, that that is a better situation than having police show up to mental health situations. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. would be a lot better. Uh, Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. The final demands coming up. Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything that you want. If you want to dial in, the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in-line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And the COVID-19 thing has turned the world upside down. Regardless of what you believe about it, it has changed our lives, but... One thing that hasn't changed is that if you own a business, you need to advertise to reach new customers or clients. Now, our audience aren't the kind to stick their heads in the sand during a crisis. They are as fully engaged and more active than ever. So special advertising packages are available uh, to you if you want to advertise your thing here on Free Talk Live. You can email the Free Talk Live sales manager. His name is Matthew at freetalklive.com. That's Matthew at freetalklive.com. we got three more demands from a group of the activists that took over the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, they the government left, basically, the at least the police left, and they are saying these are their demands, the demands of the collective black voices to free or at free Capitol Hill. Now, most of the demands we've agreed with in the economic, it's not, not in the economic section, but in the demands of the justice section, a lot of good ones in there. Uh, and we will post the full list of these demands on our social media over at Twitter and Mastodon and Telegram. Uh, you can find us there at twitter.freetalklive.com, telegram.freetalklive.com, or toot.freetalklive.com. Also, coming up after the radio show tonight, we're going to have Nobody Tells the Truth it's featuring true. you, Nobody, and I believe a special guest host. Uh, yep, yep. So that's on the way. It'll be on our DLive channel and on our Twitch channel, dlive.lrn.fm and twitch.lrn.fm. You're going to be the main host on the show. I don't know what you're going to talk about tonight, but um, uh, that's well, up to you. Neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to find out. Well, I do know this, that the incumbent governor in New Hampshire did file. He last minute it. He did the very last day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did file to run again for governor, even though he's become quite unpopular with a lot of his base over the last three months with his crackdown uh, against business freedoms here in New Hampshire. So he's particularly mm. weak, I think, uh, and is is ripe for a defeat in this primary. Now, it's turned into a three-way primary in the Republican primary. You, Ooh, nobody? a three-way. Yep. You, a woman, <laughs> you, a woman named Karen... Oh, wow. And the governor. Himself. She wants to be New Hampshire's first Karen. <laughs> yep. That's right. Uh, that's right. 
All right, so uh, back, final three. The final three demands here. This is now their final section. This is their education system demands. Number one, we demand the history of black and Native Americans be given a significantly greater focus in the Washington State education curriculum. Well, again, I don't think the state education apparatus should exist in the first place. So let's yeah. abolish the state education, abolish the state entirely, and then you can have as much of the curriculum you want in the school that you support because you can support the schools that have the curriculum that you want yep. with your money. Sounds good to me. Part two, we demand that through anti-bias training become a legal requirement for, sorry, thorough anti-bias training become a legal requirement for all jobs in the education system, as well as in the medical profession and in mass media. So I'm not sure what exactly that means. Anti-bias training is that like being censorship. nice to being nice to everyone? Sounds like censorship. Uh, well, no, it's it means you know being politically correct. Mm, you know gross. is is what I would take that to mean, you know, if you say something that isn't politically correct, then you have to go through the, uh, uh, what was it that uh, South Park called it? The uh, the uh, death camp of tolerance. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and their final demand, we demand the city of Seattle and the state of Washington remove any and all monuments dedicated to historical figures of the Confederacy whose treasonous attempts to build an America with slavery as a permanent fixture were an affront to the human race. Do do they have a lot of Confederate monuments in in Seattle, Seattle, Washington? I don't know. (laughs) It seems unlikely. Um, Seems a bit of a distance from the Confederacy. But regardless about this issue, and we have discussed this issue of the Mm -hmm. takedown of various Confederate monuments, I support it, but also, I support only taking down all monuments as well. So not just the Confederate monuments, but any monuments to war. Take them all down, sell mm-hmm. them to the highest bidder, and let somebody who wants to take that monument do what they want with it. Let, you you want to buy? You want to bid on this uh, Confederate war statue? Now it's yours. Now you can go take it to your own private property, and you can mm-hmm. put it up there. Or maybe you outbid the people that wanted it. You know, for putting it up, and you want to melt it down, so somebody could also outbid, you know, and say, "Oh, I want that," and then destroy it completely for good. So that would mm. seem to be the best way to handle it. That way, there's no offensive war statues or monuments anywhere in any sort of public uh, facade. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I suspect that you're not really going to get rid of these statues just because if somebody buys them, they're going to go somewhere. As if it's their private property, I don't care. Well, I mean. Yeah. Uh, Put it's, it up on your it, private it's property. It's likely to be private property in a public area. Fine. Yeah. And, and that's fine. You know, I'm you just can... saying, I'm just saying, I don't necessarily know that the people who are against, you know, the monuments or the racist monuments are going to get what they want. Well, if what they want is a society free of anything that's offensive, then yeah, they're not going to get that. I mean, what they're going to get, I mean, if you, if you take the statues down, I mean, uh, that's the only way they're going to get what they want, assuming they also then ban statues. You know, they they start censoring speech and so on. If you uh, right. So if you let, let's say, a racist store owner buy some sort of racist statue and put that in front of their store. Well, that's great, because now you know that that store owner is a racist. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so you don't have to go there and don't have to give them any money ever again. So they've essentially outed themselves uh, in that particular way. So, you know, I'm kind of partially on board with the whole taking down the, the statues, but I say take them all down. Uh, so that's your list. That is from medium.com. And we will keep an eye on this 
Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. It's a pretty interesting development. Will it sort of wither and die over the next couple of weeks as people get bored and you know move on to other things? Or will it expand? And will we see it become more than six blocks, but will it become ten blocks and twenty blocks as more people decide to support the autonomous zone with both their time and their money. If they can incentivize people to maintain it, uh, they're going to have to have some sort of commercial activity going on in which to, you know, make it ha- make it work. To, mm. to pay for what? For the the long guards? Term. Long term. Yeah. I mean, just to people guard it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. It's uh, being voluntary, uh, right? It'll voluntarily done at the moment. Volunteers eventually give in. They get, their, to, they get burned out. Yeah, they burn out. Exactly. Right. So you need to come up with some commercial endeavor or tax or something in order to make it work. Well, I, uh, I hope they will stay away from taxing, but then again, these people not, are not against taxes. I'm right? not supporting yeah. it, you know, taxation. I'm simply saying yeah. you have to have some sort of means of incentivizing people to do the work because volunteers only last so long. Let's talk to David. He's in New Mexico listening via the TuneIn app. Go ahead, David. Yeah, brief update on what I told you last night about uh, how the New Mexico legislature is being called into a special session by the governor because of uh, uh, money issues. Another add-on to that, it appears that one of the other th- one of the other major things that they're going to discuss uh, is the voting issue, uh, whether they are going to allow the entire state to vote by mail, um, oh, other than an other than an absentee ballot um, or not. And if you remember from the past, New Mexico has the actual. Uh, conviction of a mayor in northern New Mexico for voter fraud to get her husband into the city council. And then last t- last election around, major election, uh, down in the the U.S., uh, the southern U.S. district, representative district in New Mexico, of which there are three, the Republican winner went to bed uh, knowing that she had won, the other side had conceded, and woke up to find out that a whole bunch of uh, absentee ballots had appeared uh, that were found in a van somewhere and appeared overnight and the republican now lost and the democrat was now the winner and, and that democrat's in office huh. at so she tell tore anyway so they're up in this closed private session where the public cannot attend wow um not only not only they're going to discuss billions of dollars but they're going and, and their their pay raises they're going to discuss whether or not the entire state is going to vote by mail or not apparently it's less accountable than it's ever been the, the whole government mm. apparatus it's more difficult to reach them physically than it's ever been you can't just go and show up in a meeting now and that's what you're pointing out here. These legislator types, they have almost entirely cut themselves off from people. Yep, they're unaccountable. Yep. Yeah. It, I miss the days when you could tar and feather these guys because, <laughs> you know, that makes an impression. It sure does. Out of time for tonight, David. Thanks for the call. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. Check out electnobody.com for more of Nobody as his uh, gubernatorial campaign run officially uh, begins basically now, now that the the race is set. Mm-hmm. And he's coming up in just a moment on our DLive and Twitch, dlive.lrn.fm and twitch.lrn.fm. Stay tuned for that and check out uh, Freedom Decrypted over at freedomdecrypted.com for more of Chris on his weekly freedom-oriented tech show, Saturdays, 5 p.m. Eastern time at freedomdecrypted.com. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post Show. I am Mark Edge here for Free Talk Live. Today, I've got with me Joseph Tukovsky. Joe, are you there? I am. Thank you for having me on today. Thank you for coming. So you recently wrote a book, and I'm interested in it basically because of the title. 
<laughs> and I want to find out more. So the name of it is 40 Thieves on Saipan, the elite Marine Scout snipers in one of World War II's bloodiest battles. Correct. Tell me about it. I have not heard about this. I've read a, up on a lot of uh, Saipan history, and of course, a lot, you know, most of it out there seems to have to do with that terrible land battle that went on, obviously in conjunction with the uh, Battle of the Philippine Sea out, a uh, naval battle. But 5,000 Americans lost their lives and something like 35,000 Japanese. It was it made it at that point the bloodiest battle to date in the Pacific. And they just, casualties grew as they progressed toward the mainland of Tokyo. Yeah. From, pardon me, Japan. And this is the Marines, largely, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, actually, a friend of mine's dad uh, was one of the Marines there. So tell me about this elite uh, Marine Scout Sniper Squad. Well, there are only two scout sniper platoons deployed uh, in the Pacific during World War II, to my understanding. One was on Tarawa, which was a three-day siege. And the other was on Saipan. And the battle for Saipan was a three-plus-week grinder of a battle. It was supposed to go uh, a lot faster, and it didn't. (laughs) Pardon me? It was supposed to go a lot faster, and it didn't. Oh, I, I think Holland Smith's original estimation was three days right. for the island. The scout snipers were trained specifically to work and live behind enemy lines for days at a time, mapping enemy positions and installations, as well as wreaking whatever havoc they could to help facilitate the uh, movement of the line troops through the island of Saipan. I can hardly imagine the stress that would be put on a person being behind enemy lines for days on end, not knowing whether somebody's going to sneak up on you, trying to hold up in some little area, uh, hoping that you could sneak out at night and take a look at some things. I mean, it's one thing when you're like, there's the enemy, shoot at him. It's another thing entirely when you're like, where are these phantoms that could get me in the next moment? Well, no, one of my uh, surviving members of the platoon, Bob Smots, who lived in Georgia, he just passed away uh, about a year ago uh, in June. Um, he said the Marine Corps specifically looked for kids who were 18 to 19 years old because they had no sense. Right. They were crazy and they knew no fear. They would go anywhere they were told and they would do anything they were told. In the back of the mind, whenever their name got called for a mission, they knew what to expect, but somebody would die, but it would never be them. Right. And it'd always be somebody else. That's the immortality and of youth. These specific, yeah. these specific uh, group of Marines um, my dad led the platoon. I learned from his platoon sergeant, Bill Knuppel, who was very beneficial in providing information and materials for the book, that when he and uh, dad were looking for volunteers for the platoon, because this wouldn't be anyone that they'd be told they'd be doing it, except obviously the lieutenant got told he was doing it. It was due to the nature of the platoon, it was going to be an all-volunteer unit. And when they were going through the record books, Dad didn't want to interview the guys right away. He just wanted to look at their record books. And Bill asked, well, what are we looking for? And Dad said, brig time. I want to see if a guy had been in fights and in brawls, because uh, that means he'd been in a rough place and he knew how to handle himself. The guy who wins the fight goes to the brig. The loser goes to the infirmary. Right. The guy in the brig is the kind of guy I want. 
Got it. So these were pretty rough and tumble guys. Uh, That's why you call it the 40 Thieves on Saipan. Correct. Right. Because a platoon was 40 members, and they were nicknamed the Thieves by the other members of the 6th Regiment, which they worked within. And I learned that from a Marine Corps website when I Googled Saipan in my dad's name, up popped this article from a December 1944 Leatherneck magazine entitled Tahovsky's Terrors, talking about the scout sniper platoon and how crazy, fierce, and lovable they were. And uh, beneath the article was a little text uh, someone posted that said, this was my father's platoon during World War II. And he said, everything in the article was true except we weren't known as terrors. We were known as Tahovsky's 40 Thieves. Interesting. So tell me some of the things they did behind lines back there. Say what? Tell me some of the things they did behind lines. Um, Well, they mapped enemy installations to guide artillery. That was one of the training lessons that they had was how to write maps from memory how to use a compass to make maps out in the middle of nowhere so they could locate enemy installations and then get that information back to camp so marine and naval artillery could eliminate pockets of Japanese resistance to help the line troops move forward. Were they making, were they in any battles um, back there behind the lines or what happened? Not behind the lines because being behind you know, working deep with an enemy territory, firing a weapon would be their last resort. Yeah. So they were specifically trained in what has been termed silent killing techniques. It's also known as black death. And all of the guys mentioned different things about it. Bill Knuppel said that uh, they were trained in ways to cripple and kill silently, ways that you can't even imagine. And uh, Bob Smots in Georgia said that everyone carried piano wire Mm. with handles on it. Garrotes. And they all referred to it as a mafia necktie. What about knife fighting? I would think that that would come into play. That's going to be some bloody nasty stuff. Oh, there was a a new method of bayonet fighting and knife fighting called the Biddle method. Uh, A.J. Biddle was a legendary Marine Corps fighter in martial arts as well as knife fighting. They were they were trained in how to use that. And they also had an array of different, I think maybe six or seven different types of knives for different purposes that they could use as well. So their war was really up close and personal and sort of as an, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, an afterword in the book, it deals with the... Uh, what type of damaged good the goods these men were once they once they came home right i mean i was that's one of the things i was thinking about here is is that i've slaughtered some pigs in my time i'm i'm talking about swine actual four-legged oinkers um and they uh, you know it, it's that's a hard day when you go and you kill an animal that you've been feeding and taking care of for a long time um you know you scratch it in behind the ears and all that kind of thing and then you got to shoot it and slit its throat and uh, hoist it up and all those things that have to be done. It's, I, I eat salad on those days, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, it's hard. And I can only imagine what it's like actually doing that to human beings. Well, it's, it was a grisly business and all of, uh, some of their nightmares they still have in their eighties and nineties. Yeah. And some of them are, are recounted in the book 
uh, was able to work them into the storyline. Right. They don't pay you for that. You know, no, <laughs> they when, combat when, pay, um, but they don't pay you for that. So many of them, one of the fellows drank himself to death by yeah. the age of 40. Gosh. In researching members of the platoon, so many of them left a string of failed marriages behind, two right. or three different wives. My fellow in Georgia, who when he got home, he married his, his, uh, his high school sweetheart. They met at an Alice Chalmers tractor show in Oklahoma. And um, after a few visits, she took me aside and said, this is so great that you're getting Bob to talk. It means so much that he has someone to, to, to talk to. And then she went on to tell me that early on in their marriage, she would frequently wake up at night to find uh, Bob choking her. Yeah, yeah, but that's because he was having his nightmare <laughs> yeah. where he's chasing the Japanese through the elephant grass on Saipan and he finally catches one. And uh, it, it, imagine being a young bride and having that happen to you. Who has the patience or tolerance or even the ability to understand what the, the lives that these led, these young boys in two brief years you know, lived more than a lifetime. It's Joseph Tukovsky, 40 Thieves on Saipan, the elite sniper scout squad of one of World War II's bloodiest battles. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing too. Invest in liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com. This is a pandemic survival alert and the most time-sensitive messages you will hear this year. You still have time to plant a one-acre crisis garden and secure a supply of your own nutrient-dense food. But time is running out, and it's one deadline you don't want to miss. Who should plant a crisis garden? Individuals, families, churches, communities, anyone or any group that sees hard times ahead. Let's face it, even the mainline media is talking about food supply disruptions and the growing number of grocery store workers who are becoming sick. But there's more. Meat packing plants are closing, mile-long lines at food pantries, and more farmers now in financial trouble. The truth is, growing nutrient-dense vegetables this summer may be the single most important thing you do. Go to survivalseedbank.com and watch the new video to understand what we're really up against. Get free bonus seeds, special quarantine reports, too. Don't wait. Every minute counts. Go to survivalseedbank.com. That's survivalseedbank.com. 